and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. I'm Dan Ellis, joined in studio by my two awesome co-hosts, <laughs> Mr. Matt Mitchell. <laughs> Are you just being weird because there's a camera in your face? Probably. It's unsettling. It just, just ignore it. Nobody knows it's here. All right. Nobody knows it's I know here. it's here. That's why it's unsettling. <laughs> well, hello, Dan Ellis. <laughs> and Mr. Ryan Duffy is pointing a camera at me. Yeah. Well, we're starting to do more YouTube stuff, so yeah. I could try to point the camera at myself, but I don't know what it's seeing because I can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah. Well, so gonna... you just need more training with it. Cause uh. then you, so you point it at what you think it's seeing, and then you watch the video, and you just keep doing that over and over and over again. Yeah, like right now I'm pretty out. sure it's seeing me because I was zoomed in before, but... Now you're not? I mean, I don't know if it's seeing me or not yet because the glass did not break, but... The, the microphone on top still cracks me up, like... It's all all microphones yeah. look phallic. No, that 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 looks like a very twitchy dog dick. <laughs> like it's just it's just very Yeah. It is a little bouncy. Yeah. Now the footage is all bouncy. I'm sure that's an isolator right for the Yeah, for vibration yeah. and movement and Yeah. So, welcome. This is episode 107. Tonight we'll be talking about Beaut. I've noticed I picked up a Canadian accent this evening a little bit. Did you go to Canada's? Uh, I've not visited the Canada lately. Uh, Canada's? Yeah, Canada's. But. Like, Ganats. <laughs> tonight we'll be talking about free will a bit more. Attempting. Attempting. God. I mean, we can, we can, we can do some things about that. Uh, we got some news stories. We got some things. We just, we haven't been together for a couple of weeks. So it's nice to see you guys. Yes. Yeah. This is true. Missed you last week. Life, yeah. life, life gets busy. Yeah. We're all very busy, but we can talk about all the things we've been doing. Yeah. That have been exciting. What, what have you been doing, Ryan? Uh, I made a short film on Saturday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can find it on YouTube. It's entitled Gun, but it's not about violence. Oh, yeah? It's fun. Three minutes long. Is it not about violence, really? We just watched it. I mean, is it really, is it violent? At the end. What? It's, it's, there's an, impl there's an implication implied. of violence, yes. But there's, it's, if you see it, you're like, it's, how oh, that's not violent. I mean, I, if I went to put the sound effect in, would it have been violent then? Maybe. Because we don't know. <laughs> right? Because it's just very loud at the end. But it is. You never know. And then what, what was the actual, like, projectile to make that sound? Would it have been a fingernail? Well, it, it went, it went black. <laughs> the tip of a finger. Screen went black. You don't know. Just some energy shockwave. His chakras. His chakras. He was all zenned out. Mm. What else you been doing? 
uh, filming some more stuff for Restore Humanity on Sunday. Awesome. And, oh, I saw your commercial on that. Yeah, yeah, they had, they had the week before, we I filmed a, a commercial for him that's going to go out hopefully on TV. And we may have Justin on the show sometime yes. in, the, in the near future. Yeah, he said he, he wants to come on. Awesome. So Who that? That would be very cool. Justin Utley. Oh, yeah. He's okay. a country singer and Mr. Nationally known yeah. or worldwide. Well, he just went on a worldwide tour. Well, he's he? going, he's leaving again this next week to go back over to like Europe for another tour over uh, Europe. So yeah, hmm. I don't, I don't much listen to the country musics, but well, no. he, uh, he, he gave us a sneak peek at his new album coming out and it's not as, it's more, uh, rock than country. Oh, nice. So. Very well, cool. We'll see about that. He's a very <laughs> handsome man, I must say. Yeah. Uh, I saw the commercial and I thought, wow, he's a very attractive man. <laughs> well, he's got a boyfriend already, so you're, uh, you're out of luck. He's engaged. <laughs> I'm out of luck. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is that commercial going to be aired online anywhere? Well, else? it's on Restore Humanity's site. It's on Vimeo. Yeah. But if you go to RestoreOurHumanity.org, you can see it on there uh, or follow or go to their Facebook Story of Humanity, and you might be interested in their new thing that's going to be going on. There's going to be a lot of national press coming in the future. Yeah, we've had Mark so, on, what, three times, I think? Yeah, yeah. The commercial has Justin Utley and Mark in it, shot by Ryan, and it's part of their new campaign. So that's very exciting, man. And it was a great commercial, too. Thank you. I liked yeah. it very much. Yeah, it was good. And I like that Mark fellow. He's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. badass. What you been doing, Matthew? Hmm. Same old, really. Yeah. Um, was on the two skeptical chaps as a guest. Awesome. Yep. I like those guys. Yeah, they're Spike awesome. Spike and Dan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Regular Dan. Spike and regular Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So everybody should go. Oh, check sorry. Their Spike show and out. irregular Dan. Oh yeah, you're regular. I'm Dan. regular Dan. I get that confused. Yeah, you're regular Dan. Is it the food over there that makes me a regular, or is it? It's all the it's all the chips. Oh, okay. The crisps. Or do you mean chips? I mean <laughs> chips. Oh, because they're very greasy. Oh, wow. Just slate. Just it's just lubricating the whole way, man. Just whoop. It helps when it comes out, then though. Uh huh. It whoops the poop. Whoop. <laughs> this is this is a <laughs> ringing endorsement for their show. <laughs> ah, I love those guys. They're freaking. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, they are, and they're super nice, and they're well informed, and their yes. sh- and their show is interesting and topical. Mm-hmm. Yes, and everyone should go go uh, give listen them a to listen. It. Yeah. Yes, I I recently rated their show on on the uh, iTunes. Ah. Speaking of which, if you have if you like our show, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes. It helps other people find the show and figure out whether they would like it or not. Recommend it to your friends. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Go to iTunes and give us a good raping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else you been doing? Uh, I was on the Utah Outcast podcast as well. That was in the same day, right? That yeah. was the same day. I yeah. did their show last night. You were a podcast and fool. You've been well, just that day. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan was on there last night. Yeah. I figured Matt. So you've came been on. on there what three times now? Three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. I figure I got to hold the record among you guys because I know you've been on like twice. Dan's <laughs> been on twice. Matt's been on once. I'm like I gotta. Yeah. Is it twice. Were you on twice or was it just once? I know it's at least twice. I can't remember if I've been on there. Three See, I'm just times. I just have to go for the record of the most amount of appearances on the show. Oh, mm. right. So every time when you go on there, I'm gonna text him like, "Hey, dude, can I come on tonight? I gotta beat them up." <laughs> well, but do you see? I also have a record of least appearances on their show. Yeah, yeah, that's the record Matt intends to hold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, and you know, when when you show up once and get ambushed, then uh, that's how it'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to warn you, and then I thought, nope, nope. I'm no, just no, gonna, no. I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. It's I'm it's see all how fair. That plays out. It's all fair, and and <laughs> everyone's wondering what I'm talking about. Um, ambush is not a is not the the proper term, but there was a question asked at the end of the show uh, about. My criticism of superheroes, your your love of superhero my movies, my love of su- my uh, or, or lack thereof, adoration <laughs> of of superheroes, yeah, um, and uh, that because I'm a well, I have it all. I I've I have my my position outlined. We'll do that at some point. Okay, and how's the mural coming? Is that all done? Uh nope, it's not because. Does he like the Chicago Cubs now? Every time I get something done, he's like, "Oh, I need a Derek Jeter up there mm-hmm. now. Oh, I need a Mike Trout." <laughs> oh, I need a, you know, as soon as I get it done, he's like, oh, that's awesome. How about a David Ortiz? So. Be like, how about a thousand bucks? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, he pays me for it, but I just have to, it's just perpetual. Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is fine. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Perpetual, perpetual ongoing side job. Sure. Yeah. I just, it puts you in a weird place of always having something kind of hanging out there. You know, yeah. where it's like it's never done, which is what you'd like but, it to be done. Like, hey, I'm finished. This is a finished product. Like, oh, right. no, never mind. He wants more. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's it's fine. I mean, he'll run out of wall eventually. Yeah. So <laughs> then, then he'll just build have you another wall. Over, yeah. Have you painting over the, what you've already done. Yeah, that could be. You know, I've noticed the style has changed just a little bit from when you started <laughs> until you've ended. Maybe uh-huh. we could go back and make a few changes here and here. Yeah, like the, I think the blue changed, like the manufacturer, like that blue over there is a little, like, I, I, let's just change the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Just the blue. Everything else stays. I'm not sure I like the changed. font on this one. <laughs> $40,000. Yankees, Yankees <laughs> changed their emblem. Can we, can we get it redone now? <laughs> well, did you guys see the Raiders maybe moving to Vegas? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I was talking. They've got a stadium. I was well, they, talking football with Sarah over the weekend. Yeah, they lost the uh, L.A. contract. Yeah, so. or the bid, I should say. Well, it'd be nice to have them in a stadium that doesn't look like a fucking baseball diamond all goddamn dear. Yeah, where half of it's dirt and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, anything else? Just working. Yeah. Well, I I went to the Satanic Temple, mm. the Salt Lake Chapters uh, meeting on. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday. Met some of the fine folks putting that together. Uh, that was that was really cool. Spoke with the organizer there, the chapter head, and told her that it would be awesome to have her on our show sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. She said she listens. So, hi, Chelsea. Hello. It was very nice to meet you yesterday. Hello. Thank I think you for you, listening. I think she did a great job. Um, mm-hmm. And she said that Doug said hi, so that was cool. Hi, Doug. We all love Doug, too. Yes. We went and scouted the camping site mm-hmm. for the Atheists of Utah camping trip. It's coming up in a couple months. Gorgeous site. It's a bit of a bit of a jaunt, but it's where, really where nice. It, Where's it at? Up past Heber. It's okay. about an hour and a half outside of Heber. Which way past? East. East. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. East and north, I think. Well, because, I mean, if you're coming, did you go through Parley's or whatever? Yes. Okay, so yeah, if you're going down that way and it's past Heber, which is still more toward me. So if it was yes. south, it was further south, then I'd be like, oh, cool, it's like an hour from my house. North, yeah. But if it's east, then it's going to be sixes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great site there. What else did I do? All kinds of shit, man. 
Atheist of Utah board meetings and planning mm-hmm. different shit. Uh, we had to cancel the ice cream social that we had planned for yesterday because the weather mm. did not cooperate. So we'll be rescheduling that. We've got uh, annual members meeting coming up, the quarterly party, all kinds of fun stuff, man. I think we all just need to take a vacation from life and go have fun. I'm going to Reason Rally next week. True, true. You are. You so get that'll to go be nice. Fun. Yay. Well, uh, Tracy and I and Danica will be in D.C. for a week, so that'll be nice. Next week, we've got Joey Lee Kirkman mm-hmm. coming on the show to talk about a lot of the fuckery that's been happening in the atheist community. I, I would like him on here for as long as he wants to talk, man. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that he would like to get off his chest and clear the air and, and talk about a lot of shit that's been going down. And, and a lot of it is fucking bullshit. And we're and the I'm, perfect venue for that well, because we have no restrictions. That's and I'm yeah. glad he felt comfortable asking us to do it here. Yeah. So was, yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so next week's show may be, may be long. We'll have to see how that goes. Sweet. Um, some other exciting stuff coming up. Oh, shit. Two days. We've got Richard Carrier who will be speaking here in Salt Lake City. We're recording on Monday. Today is what, the 23rd? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when I'll be able to get this released. It'll be late sometime later this week, but Richard Carrier will be speaking on Wednesday. We may get some recordings from that that we'll be able to throw up. So all kinds of stuff going yeah. on, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, this week we wanted to talk a little bit more about free will. Yeah. And I, I talked to Ryan a little bit about it while Matt was late. Because <laughs> he forgot to the d- studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, still haven't had my period. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, for people that don't know, my schedule changes every eight weeks. So, yeah, we, we change is it, is the it, show with it my seems schedule. way more often than that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, like it's every other week. <laughs> it's every, every eight weeks. We I change my schedule changes. So, it'll change again in seven weeks. So we have to shift our recording days around every now and then. And Which I, I appreciate very much. Becomes a little confusing. No, I think it's awesome that you, yeah. That yeah, that's fine. It I works just, out. And I need to check the calendar is all. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, we had mentioned a little bit, I think, during the last two episodes. Well, the one recording yeah. session that we broke Mute into me. two episodes. I was so fucking tired by the <laughs> end of that and a little drunk. Uh, I don't know if you guys, if you guys have had a chance to listen to it yet, but the, the very ending of it, like after the song is just us like, oh, I'm fucking tired. I don't know. Go home. <laughs> like banging around on the table and shit. Um, but yeah, uh, we started, we started our talk about free will. We, we provided some basic terms for, uh, free will or the, the idea of free will versus determinism. We talked a little bit about compatibilism, not about not a whole lot. Um, well, then when I was looking at determinism, there's even the two kinds of that, like the hard and soft determinism. Yeah, so soft is compatibilism. Yeah. Well, because I, 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 when I was looking at it, they broke soft and soft and compatibilism, like it's going a little bit further with that one almost. It's hmm. a spectrum. It is. Uh, well, when I was looking at it for like a hard, <laughs> meh. Going to that's like that's like you can be an atheist or an agnostic or a non-believer or a free thinker. Or, no, the only, you believe the only, in a god or you don't. You believe in free will or you well, don't. Well, the only big difference between I, like the... I don't know, man. I don't know if it's that... I don't know if it's the same. I think when I was looking at it, the only big difference between the hard and the soft determinism is saying if you're a hard determinist, you're basically saying it comes from like an outside source. So it'd be like God is the one controlling the universe and controlling all these actions that have. Soft would be like, no, there's no outside... God. There's no God doing any of this. It's just actions. I don't, 
I I wouldn't agree with that. Even even as a I, as a definition of hard determinism. Were you well, that lo- was, were you looking up? Uh, I was looking up different philosophers' definitions of it. And stuff. Yeah, that was uh, and that was one, that was an older definition. That was Saint Augustine. Used. Yeah, was that saying was his, that it was yeah. that hard determinism was basically like God is doing it. Oh, that's Calvinism. Okay. Predestination. predestination. Yeah, predestination. Yeah, predestination. Was, yeah it was going more with that kind of stuff where they're going like soft determinism excludes all that stuff, which is kind of like where you were going, like exclude all the, you know, there's a outside God yeah, so, that's controlling this whole well, thing. Well, I guess operating and, under that definition, yeah, then. So I had this thought, like there's there's libertarian free will way on one side, which is that everything's possible you have complete control over all that stuff, which is total bullshit, which is mostly what religious people think. But there are a few religious people that, that, that accept quote determinism, but it's predestination, which is trying to square it with God's, uh, omniscience or, yeah. or whatever. And, and so everything's already planned out ahead of time and yeah. the future's already set and everything like that, which is also bullshit. Religion can never get an answer right. They cannot do it, no matter what. It's like you even have religions on both ends of the spectrum, and they're the only wrong answers you could possibly get about free will, and they only hold those. There's never been an organization of a collection of ideas in the history of mankind that's been more wrong about Mm -hmm. more things more often in more ways than religion ever. They get every single answer wrong about everything all the time. Well, and it's because they have it's to be crazy. so dogmatic in their views, right? Because God is always right. Always, always. There, there can never be any nuance read into anything that's going on. It's, no, yeah. this is God's yeah. way. God is the same and unchanging all the time. Although he right. changes all the time. And so that li- libertarian free will idea that, you know, we, we have complete control over all, or, or that every option is always available and that somehow, uh, free will is separate from our brain and this, this mind body dualism idea and all that's, that's right out. That's, there's, that's yeah. not the way it is. No way. And I, when I was looking yeah. up the free will stuff, I saw the perfect example for the illusion of free will, which mm-hmm. was saying that if you're in a room and you are given the option to leave the room or stay in the room and you say, well, I would like to stay in this room. I'm perfectly comfortable staying in this room the rest of my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you don't know that that door is locked. You're never told that. And you never check the door to see if it's locked or unlocked. You just say, I want to stay in this room. So according to you, you've made the choice, the decision to stay in that room. That's your choice. And in your head, you can leave that room whenever you want. Right. When really you had no choice. But anyway. really you had no choice. The door's locked. You cannot leave the room. But right. you never check it. You never even venture at that option to to leave the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So So what we're left with is when you subtract predestination style determinism in quotes and libertarian free will, you have only – Hard determinism and soft determinism or compatibilism. I, I've got to, I, I have to confess, it's pretty difficult to tell the difference for me. I mean, you know, going through literature and lectures, I'm not exactly sure what the delineation is other than I think what, um, I, I think there's just different nuances between who the philosopher is you're reading that's talking about. Well, it. it's got to be more than that. But from what I could tell, it was, it was, uh, moral culpability. Which is yeah. absent in hard determinism and not in because you have no control of what's happening. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, right? And so then humans are not moral agents. Yeah, with hard determinism. So what 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 definitions do they have for hard versus soft determinism? It's really it's really difficult to to figure that out. I've spent the I, last three or four days trying to figure out what that difference is, and that's that's the best I can tell you. Because to me, so my view is that I don't really have. 
any free will, right? There's no, there, I, the things I do happen because of everything that I've experienced and the chemicals in my brain up to that, up to the point that I make that decision. And I really don't have a quote unquote choice in what I'm going to do, what I'm going to pick out of any given set of circumstances or options, right? It's going to, it's going to be one way based on everything that I've experienced and all of the chemicals in my brain leading to that very point in time. So for I, me, I would say, I mean, that would be my definition of hard determinism. Okay. I, I, I think, and that's what you think that that's what you think it is. Yeah. So, so, no, so, hmm. so if, if, if we were to study you, if we were able to take and make a map of your, your genetics and put out all the inputs into a computer and have everything all figured out. No, all of my life experiences no, no, that would have influenced one way or the 100%. other. 100%. Yeah. So if we input all that into a computer, we should know 100% the choice that you make before when you were going to make a choice. If we, if we present something with you to you in front of you, that computer should go, he's going to do this. If it you know, know 100%. if you know all of the determining yeah. factors in my, mm-hmm. in my, in my past, and all of my current brain chemistry. Not yes. even, not even that. I mean, it would, ha- I mean, more than that. It would have to be a full simulation of the entire history of the of universe. You. Of oh, the yeah. universe. Because you're influenced. Of the universe? Yeah, because you're influenced by who? Everybody you've been in contact. You. They're right. influenced by who? They're influenced by who? They're influenced by who and what? It goes all the way back. I mean, you can't, yeah. that's one of the problems that I have with hard determinism is how do you yeah. avoid the infinite regress? Well, so my question with that, yeah, but so if, if you're, but if you're in that room and, the computer picks something that you didn't, you do opposite what the computer says. Would that make hard determinism or your view of hard determinism incorrect? No, I don't think so. And so the things that I can point to, 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 to say why I think that is that we, we know of studies where they can hook you up to an, M- M- uh, to an fMRI, do brain scans on you and present you with different choices. And they can tell mm-hmm. through the brain scans, what choice you're going to make before you yourself are consciously mm-hmm. aware of the decision that you are ultimately going to make. Is this the soon experiment you're talking about? Yeah, there have been a few different ones. Okay. Um, yeah, where it was like seven to ten seconds before in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the yeah. objects were already in front of them, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you're, pre- you're presented with choices yeah. for things. And before you are consciously aware of, of what you're ultimately going to pick, your brain, inside your brain, you've it's already been decided. You've been set on a path to do this. I, I guess my thing is if before if, you're consciously aware of making a decision to do, if we were able to make a 100 percent prediction every time we put something in front of you before you knew what was going to be put in front of you, I think that would totally eliminate free will. But that'd be such a extremely well, hard so, thing to have all the data presets to be able to do something like that. So a second ago, I misspoke. I said that the infinite regress is a is a indictment of hard determinism. It's it's an indictment of compatibilism, is what I mean because. Um, if you keep saying, well, what causes that? What causes that? What causes that on, on a compatibilist view? Then eventually you get back to exactly what you're talking about for hard determinism. Um, but it still seems to me, and it, this, this could just be the illusion, you know, but it still seems to me that as it, as if we have some bit of choice, even with, I mean, only within the confines of, you know, neurobiology, physics, all the, all, you know, our past experiences, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But there still does seem to be a choice. It's just extremely confined. Is it that it seems to be or do you think there actually is a choice? There's no way to know. How do you tell the difference between what is and what's an illusion? Well, one of the, one of the other things that, that I think would point us toward uh, determinism is 
there there are several different computer programs that you can that you can go out and test for yourself. Uh, the simple one is to play, going back to Ryan's video earlier, there's a, there's a simulation online mm. where you can play rock, scissors, paper against a computer. And the computer can learn just by playing you. There, there are two different settings. There's, there's novice where the computer learns your choices and what you are going to do. And it will predict what you are going to do and beat your ass <laughs> just playing rock, paper, scissors. Uh, you can play a hundred rounds of rock, paper, scissors with this computer. Mm-hmm. It'll beat you 70% of the time. Okay. I, I mean, humans are remarkably terrible at randomizing. Computers are amazingly good at it. No, they're not. Are they not? No. No, I mean, well, yes and no. I mean, it, it's, it's all programming. Yeah, it, yeah. it's all programming and, and it's, it's algorithmic, but they're, they they can be really good they and it all depends on what you're doing behind the scenes but but it's 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 not that it's 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 identifying a pattern really actually it's not it's not even randomizing it's identifying your patterns right your actions anyway how does that get to well just that it can, that it can figure out even based on based on your history based on what you're doing so let's say that let's say that you do just develop patterns then. Mm-hmm. So are you picking those patterns? Well, that's yeah, that would have been my question. So you still have three choices. Right. And you're free to choose rock, paper or scissors. Right. Well, OK, let's let's take a step back. OK. We're dealing with two words, right? Free and freedom and will. Right. OK. I think we can dispense with freedom for now because that, that kind of gets that gets muddled up with the libertarian free will. We have a will or not. Because you would say you would say it's not free, right? Yes. Right. Okay. So it's just a will, or is it even that? What do you mean by will? Is that still too that, loaded? That it's yeah. I think that's still too loaded because okay. it's still it's still implying that you are you are projecting yourself or or your sense of self into whatever choice you're making. Right. And and as far as I'm concerned, it seems as if we we do have at least a will. But within the confines of, like I said. Yeah, I think, I think it seems that way to us because it's us creating an explanation for why we tend to do one thing or another or why we would pick one thing or another. And it's because I did that. I picked that. I chose that. I'm the one who authored that decision. Mm-hmm. That's me and my mind and my brain thinking of all of the different choices that I have. What would satisfy my needs or my wants more at a, at a given time or, you know, it, that, it, that whatever choice I make would satisfy my desire at that given point, at that given point in time, that I'm satisfying a need or a desire of, of mine by making whatever selection or choice. I would agree. Ego's involved. I mean, you can't avoid it with humans for sure, but, but I don't know that saying that this is the way we'd like to think about it really has any bearing on whether it's actually true. I mean, I, I, at least from my perspective, I'm not saying I want, I want it to be the case that I have some sort of will. And so therefore that's what I'm going to believe. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just saying from, right, from yeah, my perspective, I don't, and I don't think that's the case from my perspective. Yeah. It seems as if there is a will involved. I'm, I'm totally open to the idea of it being a totally hard deterministic universe. That's fine with me. I just don't. I just don't know. I just don't see one being any more particularly convincing than the other. I mean, in some areas, yes. And, and, but in other ways, I think, I think there's issues with hard determinism over compatibilism. What do you think those issues are? 
Well, the I would say, like in that case, you have the choice to pick rock, paper, scissors. And you can say, well, no, you don't have the choice. But then we're just saying, well, yeah, I do. No, I don't. But it seems as if I do. So unless you can say something more than maybe you don't have that, that's not terribly convincing. You know, because my experience is telling me that I do have that will. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure I understand. So, um, so in listening to you're you're the one that turned me on to listening to Reasonable Doubt. So mm-hmm. they, okay. Uh, so I've gotten to this point in their old shows where they they went through I don't know how many episodes addressing free will and determinism, and so so one of the one of the things that they used as an example is you know if you're out in the desert. And you're, you're seeing something in the distance. It seems like there's water out there, but you can go and you can find out whether there is water there. And so then they, then mm-hmm. they started talking about, and we can do the same thing with brains and we can figure out, you know, are you actively, are you honestly actually making a choice or is this something that is happening in the background that it only seems like you've made a choice, but it was determined before, before you were actually consciously aware of that decision mm-hmm. well i think definitely and so if you're if you're doing something on a subconscious level that's beyond your control do you actually have any choice then if you're not the author of that choice if it's happening in your subconscious is that really a choice hmm. but yeah. i think you know i mean no it's not but i know in a way it's you know does it happen subconsciously before it happens well, it has to happen subconsciously yeah, before it happens yeah. consciously. It does. Yeah. Your brain has to get the input. I mean, your brain works faster than you actually do. You can't act before your brain acts. That's not right. physically possible to to move your hand to grab an object before your brain thinks, let's grab that object. So, of yeah. course, your brain's going to interpret the information and fire off the synapses well, see, in the brain before you react. And you're saying things like your brain and you're doing... So, so it, our you're almost setting up this dualist thing, right? No, all where, of our brains. Where, right. But, I mean, you are your brain. Yeah, right. Yeah. You you are your brain. You yeah. are your mind. But it it that's that's who and what you are. Yeah, and it compartmentalizes stuff. So if, if our brain let us know about everything going on around us all the time, it would freak the you would freak the fuck out. I mean, that's why people who are <laughs> but, but just well, people who are of, autistic yeah. that's the problem. Their brain doesn't filter out nonsense. Like yeah. all noises are allowed noise to them. Everything is your your brain's letting you know. Everything 100% going on without sensory filtering overload. out. Yeah. So, so you get a sensory overload and that's, that's, that's their issues in public places with loud. I mean, that's why they, the lot of issues they have where a brain that doesn't have that issue, your brain filters out a lot of stuff. It's subconscious. You hear it, but your brain's like, it's not important. That's not important. Wait, that noise is important. Something's going on over there. People mm-hmm. that don't have that filter, everything's important. Your brain's just flooding all of it. So to do your they senses. choose to filter those things, or is their brain just doing it? The brain's just doing. It. I mean, through evolution, your brain like a crying so, baby. So they don't have the, noise they that, don't have the will to fi- to filter those things out. No, they can't. People that have that, who people are autistic, can't filter it out. Right. So but, everything's important. That's what I'm saying. All of our brains, but so would that play more toward the notion of free will or determinism? Well, determinism, as far as the way their brain works. But as far as making a choice to do something, to do an action, I don't think you can 100% say that action can be determined. Why not? Because if you could say that every action could be determined before it happens, we want it would be like precognition type thing almost. Like, like, well, by the way that guy's acting, we know he's going to do this. You know, like then when everybody's like, oh, it was so unpredictable. We had no clues what was going to happen. It's 
people do things unpredictable. We're not a well. Every now I and mean, then. Un- well, yeah, unpredictably by the standards of other humans. Well, or just people that know the person. It's like, hey, you know, right. he was other real people. calm yeah. and other humans, yeah, real calm one day, and all of a sudden, boom, something flipped, and he something happened. Yeah, I mean, if you were to take all that guy's actions beforehand, all known, and all of a sudden this happens, like, whoa, that's completely outside the norm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you know, Un- until you figure out the brain chemistry, though. Well, usually. yeah, brain yeah, chemistry usually. is going to have something to do with it. But I'm saying, but I think it's hard. <sighs> the part where I I I, I get caught up in it is i'm like i think you do have the will to choose certain things but yes there are things in your past that are going to help you determine what that is i wouldn't based even, on yeah. how you based on what you've learned in the past based on your brain chemistry based on the way you were raised based on the way you were taught based on where you grew up well but still gonna, all of those things play into determinism mm-hmm. yes, they yeah, all that, determine that, who that, you are at that given exactly that's where i'm going that's where i'm yeah. full-on determinism there you can't just choose to i can't just choose to be a, a a, a French today. I can't, can't just go like, I'm going to go a white guy <laughs> born in Minnesota. I can't. And, yeah. I can't choose to be that, but I can choose to go to Minnesota tomorrow. If I want, I could say, I'm going to buy a plant ticket tonight. I'm going to go to Minnesota. Uh, I, but, but that's the whole thing is, are you actually choosing that? Like, well, that's, that's, that's where I'm getting at. How I'm like, how is it determined that I was going to make people? I just go like, fuck it. I'm going on a trip today. Well, let's see. Our, just leave and do something out of the ordinary just to fucking do it. Is that determined inside them or is that person is like, fuck it, I'm... I mean, this is just another... Yeah, this is kind of an, another way of saying what I... I mean, I worded it a little bit more del- uh, softly probably because I'm not as confident about... I, I would say that it it sure seems to me as if I could do something out of the ordinary, random, pick pick some weird thing and do it at will. It seems as if that's what's going on. I'm open to the idea that maybe it's not. I'm just not... I guess the door isn't shut on that for me. It's not. A, it's, it's not an airtight case. Uh, at least from the minimal research I've tried to do, but are humans morally culpable? Yes. Well, I that so, be, so before so before we get into that, real quick, you were talking about uh, you know it, it seems to you and that you the Orion said it seems it seems that he can make the choice, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so the last couple episodes between our between clips and between topics I've been dropping little mm-hmm. snippets of people talking about free will mm-hmm. and one of the things that Sam Harris said on it was you know I'm up here and I'm I'm talking to you and I'm presenting a case and and I'm trying to hold your attention and you as the listener are trying to pay attention but there's something in the back of your mind that creeps in you know he said, "He said, and and you're sitting there trying to pay attention to me, and there's some voice in your head that is saying, you know, he looks a lot like Ben Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, did you choose to think that, or I mean, where where does this come from? Where does this voice in your head come from? And you're you're not the author of all of your thoughts, right? You don't choose to have all of your own thoughts." Yeah, I've had sporadic erections. I'm like, oh, wrong, wrong time for that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm certainly not in the camp, uh, that would say that, that the brain does no involuntary things. Well, well I mean, yeah. Part I'm of sure. your brain is 100% <laughs> you know. involuntary. Right. So, uh, so in that sense, of course I agree. 
your brain does things. Well, I mean, and there's a, not... I mean, there's a thing between what a, what are they called autonomic responses? Yeah. Where I mean, you just breathe and you sure. blink and you do things. Your, yeah. your you heart don't, beats. You don't consciously. Th- yeah, your heart beats. These your, are all things controlled by your, your brain. Your that, fight or flight reaction. That's completely. Yeah, that you automatic. don't have any control over, but. There are also what we like to think of as our conscious thoughts and our conscious and our conscious choices and things that we want to think about, things we don't want to think about. But really, do you have any control over that? I mean, do you do you you're well, not the author the question, of all of your it? you're not the author of all of your conscious thoughts, right? Well, if we, if so we, say you. But if if you took that direction, then no one should ever so be put in me. prison. So say you. <laughs> so sayest thou. That's the question. That, then, is, that then, is the question. Well, do you think you are the author of all of your conscious thoughts? It sure seems as if I am. <laughs> but we not, sure no, have not, to take no, responsibility not, not all for of them. it. Not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's within the confines of the biology and the physics and the experience and the, you know, all of that stuff. But when it comes to a game of rock, paper, scissors, it sure seems as if I can decide which to throw. Okay. You're saying, you're saying it, it's not. I I know I know that that's another alternative that may be the case. I just I'm I'm just trying to see why why when it seems so certain you know how do we how do we know it's not at all? I mean, I don't know. I think if you go with that that hard determinism, you nobody can be uh getting trouble for their actions then. Well, that that was the well, moral culpability. That, that was, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was what that was the next thing we were going to move into, but I mean, you can you can we we know that if you change the chemistry of somebody's brain they will they will make a different yeah. choice mm-hmm. yeah you've altered the confines though uh, i don't what, so if neuro if if neurobiology um uh the the physical structure of your brain whatever but, uh, all that stuff create confines for uh how you have to operate so you can't you don't have libertarian free will outside of those confines right i mean that's all we we agree on that uh, you know for sure but what i'm saying is i'm not sure how we can get from within the confines the parameters of physics and biology experience all that stuff well what other parameters would come into play besides physics and biology um history <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like your history, your personal history, your family's history. No, I mean just just within in in speaking about the the confines. Mm-hmm. What else would come into play besides physics and biology? I don't think we know. Yeah, I mean that I, I that guess, it would have yeah. to be something immaterial or supernatural, right? Maybe that's why people have been arguing well, over this for what 1500 years. It's well, way longer than that. Well, and I think I think they've argued about it because they haven't had the tools to test it. And I think it would be extreme. I don't even think we have the tools to test it. Why? I think. Well, like I said, if, if I can hook you up to machine and I can tell you before you know what you're going to pick, what you're going to pick, are you actually choosing? Now, if you can, if you can hook me up to machine and you don't even give me the option yet, but you already know I'm going to pick, that's different. How is it different? Because once you have the option in front of you, your brain's evaluating your options. What? If you don't have okay, so if you put if I put a Coke and a Pepsi in front of you, uh-huh. your brain's already scanning and looking at it. Your brain's already fixated on one of them, like oh I love Coke, and your brain's already thinking oh I I want I wouldn't mind that. And then you get asked question, hey would you like the Coke? Well yes I would take a Coke. It's see it, it, now see, if, if they don't even come the, into the, the like the language the language that you use in particular, Ryan. It's like you think your brain is something else. 
Well, it's no, not I mean, you. Your brain. I, my I know brain is doing this. My brain is doing this. My brain is thinking this. My brain likes Coke. My brain this. My brain that. It's not you. Okay, I, I'm using the wrong word, but <laughs> if I was given the option, if 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 they had my head hooked up to a machine, and they didn't bring the Pepsi and Coke out yet, uh-huh. but my head was saying. Coca-Cola. I wouldn't mind a Coca-Cola right now. I want a Coca-Cola. And then they bring out the Pepsi and Coke. They'd be like, well, oh, it's determined. Not, but that's not what we're well, – I mean, we're talking about when presented with two choices. Yeah. If I can tell you when given – if I give you two choices and I can tell you before you before you are consciously aware of what you're going to pick. That's why I think like everything has to happen at a subconscious level first before you – the action happens before – that's why I think if, if, if with hard determinism, so, you'd be able to not, determine your actions before you're even given the option for those actions. That's where I'm trying to go with it. So if it happens on a subconscious level where you are not the author of that thought, can you say that you actually made the choice then? Yes. Biologically, me as a person, my, my <laughs> head, the, the, me, me brain, <laughs> me brain likes Coke. Me, bra- <laughs> me brain does not like Pepsi. So when me brain sees the Coca-Cola come out, maybe it's like, ooh, I see something I like. I see something I like. <laughs> then I'm given, uh, then me brain goes, yes, I will have that Coca-Cola. Yeah. And even I would say that you're hardwired to like Coke, to prefer that, to prefer Coke to Pepsi. So of course you're going to choose that one. Yeah. yeah. Versus where if my, well, if I but, drank Pepsi all the time as a kid, then I'd be like, my brain would be like, Oh, me brain would be like, Oh, look, Pepsi. I would like a Pepsi. <laughs> but I mean, giving, giving you a choice, it doesn't have to be Coke and Pepsi. It can be anything. Anything. I can give yeah, you a yeah. range of, I can give you a range of choices. I can set out, you know, 100 different drinks. And if I can tell you with absolute certainty, you know, two to three seconds before you are consciously aware of what you're going to pick, that I know what you're going to pick. Does that play into you being the conscious author author of that thought and that choice, or is it something that you are not aware? If you if you don't consciously make that choice yourself, you only it only seems like you do. It only feels like you do. I think that's where I was going. I was trying to go with someone who's autistic, because I don't know how their brain if they're always if they're always on. Like where we, as our subconscious, filters everything out. Well, there's a spe- there's an autistic. I mean, there's a spectrum of. Is is it possible that people have it where they're? I mean, we we aren't in their head. We don't hear or feel what they feel all the time. To know is is every everything they're looking at is that going through their head? Or are they actively thinking? Where I can just sit there and think about nothing, even though my brain's working. It's in taking input, taking information. It's just like me brain's gonna take a break from info mo. <laughs> Ryan doesn't want the info right now, so me brain's just gonna hold it. Ryan's gonna turn his brain off a little it. bit and put it off to the side. So somewhere within our biology has to be this little courtyard of at least the feeling of uh, that we have some sort of a will, whether we have it or not. Well, and and maybe that, I mean that gets into a more existential question of you know whether we. Whether we actually have it or not, whether it seems, you know, it sure it seems like we do. And is that because it's better? I mean, it's better that we, that it feels like we're in control of these things. It's mm-hmm. better to think that we are the author of all of our, all of, all of our thoughts. It's better to seem like we have the choice between well, if, any given set of things. If we're not the author of all of our thoughts, then who or what is? Your brain, man. Physics. But yeah. I thought you were your brain. 
You are your brain. <laughs> but before I'm talking about making a conscious choice, being the yeah. author of that thought. See, I don't think I don't think going between uh, conscious and unconscious thought really 100 percent goes determinism or free will on it, though. Because when I hear determinism, I would think you should be able to predict an action I'm going to make before I'm presented with the option to make that action. Well, and we know that people, when they're drunk, say and do things oh, they yeah. don't ordinarily do when they're sober, right? I mean, this, th- these are things, yeah, these are things that change how that person yeah. acts and reacts. So it's not, it's not that they are, it's not that they can control everything that they do. Their brain, their, your your brain is the author of of your decisions. It's not your conscious. It's not your con. You you don't, you don't make you don't make conscious choices for the for a lot of the things you do. I think <sighs> this is. I'm getting confused because we're, we're now now we're splitting the brain into two different segments. That, that, that's where I'm having trouble. With a, I'm like apparently I, I, don't communicate with one another. So your brain authors the thoughts, but it doesn't. Is what you're saying? No. No, I was being very inarticulate. You well, how do you separate you from your brain? I mean, you were just criticizing Ryan for that very thing. No, I wasn't criticizing Ryan. I was I was pointing out that the the language we all use oh, when yeah, we talk yeah, yeah. about this or, is my brain does this, my brain yeah. does that. Oh, right, right. But yeah, it, no, yeah, it wasn't a now criticism. It's me brain. It wasn't it's a criticism me brain. of Ryan. It's, right, yeah. okay. So <laughs> but but so the subconscious which authors these thoughts, right? Is also the brain. Yes. So you're saying the brain is the author of the thoughts, but then, but then we're not authoring our thoughts. But you, but you also say we're our brain. Do you see what I'm saying? So it gets a little bit confusing. Well, like, I guess, I guess, if, okay. Well, let's narrow it down to: Do you consciously make decisions? Do you consciously choose things? Do it you, sure seems that you way. see. Yeah, it seems like you do, mm-hmm. but we know that you don't. Well, I think it, it happens on different levels. Well, I mean, that's why. I said it's going to happen subconsciously before we know that if we hook you up to a machine, I can tell you what you will pick before you are consciously aware of it. It's like I have to turn my car on before I can put it in drive. I can't just put it in drive and expect it to go. My unconscious has to evaluate what's going on before my conscious side of it can take over and make help and let me know the decision. Your conscious side doesn't take over. It just it it provides you with with. Well, the, the unconscious is is it evaluating. You, it provides you with a feeling or a thought that you that you are the conscious actor or the. Well, yeah, conscious that's what I'm saying. The, the unconscious side of it's like turning the car on. It's giving it. It's, okay, you've got the. No, permission. it's not just turning the car on. It's turning the car and making a left hand well, turn before you know where you're going. But you still have to have your conscious do the action. Sure. Like even though like I'm moving around and stuff, my arm. I moved it around not because I'm like I'm unconsciously moving my hand around. I consciously did it. Now there are cases where people that have split brains, where people that used to have I can't remember what disease what disorder it was, where they would actually go in and perform. They would split the brain in two halves. Would have alien They'd hand split syndrome. The hemispheres. Yeah. One hemisphere would unconsciously take over part of the body, and you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. It's where people get alien hand syndrome, and they would do tests with it where it was pretty legit, where they would show them an object, and then that hand would go in and grab it out of a bag. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't even think about doing that. Yeah. Like, their hand will just do things. They'll grab stuff or it'll do stuff with their face. Like, they cannot control that one hand. So they had no they had no free will to do that. It was all... It was all subconsciously. It was all determined. Because their yeah, head that's was... a case for determinism right <laughs> well, it's there. It's a case for determinism, yeah. but their brain was split. So they cannot... So, they don't so, have any okay. control over it anymore. So is it that they don't have control or they just don't have... It doesn't seem like they It's have. not they registering. Don't. Yeah. They, they don't have any control. Like, their body... They can't... 
They don't have the well. They, they don't, don't have, have the, the conscious registration of that hand anymore. Right. Because they're unconscious doing it completely. Right. right. So it's just their it's 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 the conscious bit of them that doesn't make it seem as though they are making a choice. Right. Which is what I'm going with the like. Yes, unconsciously you might think of something, but you consciously have to do the action yourself. You have to. I mean, even though a computer, no, can you say, have to physically move. You're not. You're not making the decision. The decision's already been made. Yeah, you're just carrying it out. That's what I'm saying. That's, at that point, at that point, that's it's your done. conscious carrying out that action. No, what? It's it's your physical body going and reaching something. Well, yeah, but the decision but has I been to, made. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. Your unconscious makes a decision, and your consciousness is the one that. So you're still not making a choice, though. But it's your brain, it's your mind, it's your thoughts that are but determining these. But so you you use the analogy of the car and said, "Well, I have to turn the car on before I can go anywhere." But like I said, it's it's not just it's not just a matter of turning the car on. It's turning the car on, stepping on the gas, putting it into gear, driving down the road and making a left before you even realize you're in the goddamn car. Yeah, I mean the question there would be what causes your thoughts. And that's just well, all neurons yeah. firing and it's well, based it's, on everything that you've experienced and the the chemistry in your brain at a given, at any given time. I mean, when I'm tired, I can't get out my thoughts nearly nearly as easily, right? When, when I'm a little tipsy, I can't speak nearly as mm-hmm. eloquently. You you stumble for words. You're fumbling around in the dark trying to think of exactly what you want to say, and it it makes it that much more difficult. I guess I'm still caught up in the. How is that a case for determinism over over compatibilism? Hard determinism. See, I, I can't go with the hard determinism. It's still in my mind. I'm like, you are the one making the decision. There's no outside agency making the decision for you. It is you making the decision. It is your subconscious. I, I it's the, your the conscience. Aren't flowly, aren't aren't freely flowing. It's 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 dulled. It's I don't have. All of all of those things that are, that ordinarily would be happening in the background, all of the bits and pieces that my brain is just putting together in the background to provide what I what I think to be an option or a choice, they're all dulled, right? They're they're limited. They're because mm-hmm. I think if they weren't, you they're wouldn't not be able to as, function. They're not as available. But, but I mean, I I could. That's ju- what makes I, us function at a higher level in a way. I could just say that the the confines uh, with a with a compatibilist view in you know in which we have limited but still small amount of choice the confines have been slightly changed when you're inebriated or uh, you know other external factors uh, affect the barriers and that that's why you the choices change within within those confines so i don't, I don't know that that's purely i don't know that that really helps the hard determinism case any any more than than it does for the soft determinism. I guess what I'm caught in on the determinism is you do have that chemical makeup. You do have the past. You do have everything. All the other inputs coming in that helps you make a decision. But ultimately, at the end, you're making but the decision. I don't think they, don't, they don't help you make a decision. Well, that's what They're, I'm saying. Like, between, they author the decision. All of that goes into the decision. Well, like going between picking the Coke or Pepsi. Sometimes I'll just grab a Coke because I feel like I've had too many Pepsis. Okay, well, so so let's so let's let's switch track. Let's okay. switch track a little bit. So Matt brought up, can we hold somebody morally responsible yeah. for the things that they do? That's a big one. It is a big one. It's That's really huge. it's huge. And I think I think the the discussion on this and 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 what you think about free will versus determinism 
and compatibilism, if you want to throw that in there, really affects how you <laughs> just a, if you just can make that choice. Just, just a, <laughs> if you choose to put that in there, no, no, no tone of condescension in that at all. <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to make it sound condescending. No, I know. Was, I, I I actually probably agree with you more than I do with the compatible compatibilist view now. Yeah, I I was pretty fifty fifty at the beginning. Um, I just still want to pose those questions that. I yeah. have had for, I mean, they still are lingering questions. I'm not 100% sold either way, but I think it the the evidence does lead more towards determinism, whether I understand it or not. Yeah. Anywho, moral culpability. So should we hold people morally culpable for the things that they do? Mm-hmm. You know, if if somebody murders somebody, as a determinist, would I say, well, they didn't really have any choice. They were going to murder them, and so they have no responsibility for that. No, you, the, you, you do hold them responsible. You hold them responsible. But this, I mean, th- this is a really wide-ranging. But we can't hold them if their subconscious made the choice. We can't hold them accountable. Yeah, that's we got to take out their subconscious. And you make, can put that you can, in jail for ten years. You can hold them responsible. I mean, they're they are still the person that did that. Now. Your views on determinism versus free will greatly affect how you think they should be treated afterward. Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. So I think we're talking about different things, actually. Okay. Um, are you're addressing? At least I think you're addressing. Um, if if somebody's if somebody clearly poses a danger to society, we should take care of that problem. Yes. Right. I agree with that. But that still that still has no bearing on whether they're morally culpable for the act. That's just that's just simply util, utilitarianism. That's pragmatic. Yes, we yes, you know, just like if you had a network of computers and one just continually spit out viruses while the other ones were all working on the, solving the same equation. Mm-hmm. You you remove that thing from the network and it it's it's not at fault per se that computer, it's just doing what it's programmed to do, but you still get it out of there. Sure. It's a hindrance. Sure. Um, and and you take steps to make sure that if it's reintroduced into the onto the network that it won't have the same problem. Right, but it's not a moral agent that's culpable for its actions. <sighs> that that's that's a whole other that gets into morality and everything too. I mean, that's It's all tied in there. I mean, I mean if if it's truly deterministic in that hard way like you're saying and nobody really has control even over the smallest um decisions, then they can't possibly be culpable uh, morally. Okay. Okay. Yes, you handle it. You, you know, yeah. yeah, you remove them. And then yes, the implications for uh how to deal with them are um, I would I would argue that even if we had libertarian free will, we need an entire overhaul of the penal system as it is. Hmm. E- even even in the yeah, I mean because right now it's retributive and it's vengeful and all that none of that's good in any of the the free will positions. Um but especially if it's more deterministic or even you know, if there is anybody who could d- take a compatibilist view. So, <laughs> so go, go, going, going, going with the, the, the subconscious on this moral thing. If subconsciously I was given the impulse, like my brain says, stab him. Right. And my conscious goes, you know what? That's a bad idea. It couldn't. Was it what, what, who gave me the idea to stab him? What do you mean, who? I, you, oh, no, I mean, what not, part of my brain? Is it the conscious or unconscious that gave me the idea to stab him? And is it's it the conscious or unconscious right here, right? Yeah. that if gave me the, this part right here? It's the Wisconsin part that <laughs> but, told you to stab but somebody. But no, serious. Is what, who's, who's making this, the, the, the decision? You are. You are. Well, your, your brain and, and the chemistry. Well, in your brain's part of you. But if it, is it, 
on what level is it happening? Because I think that, that, that's where you're going with it. You don't have free will. If it happens unconsciously, you're not freely doing it. Is it kind of the where, where I, I see you taking well, this? Well, still, still with the computer analogy, then if it, it would, you would point at the programming, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I would say it's the software's problem. You get, you get rid of right. that virus thing and clean, clean it up, whatever you guys do with that shit. And we, then once it's, <laughs> that's one, called a lobotomy. Okay. <laughs> you touch all its bits. Yeah. And then when, and then when it's, um, ready to, aid the other computers on the network in solving that fun- f- uh, equation or whatever they're working on and it becomes a contributing member then you can put it back in and it's fine but it's not morally culpable for disseminating that virus no you well, can't you can't hold it morally responsible you right. you can you still remove it from the network because it's problematic you know well yeah you you remove it from the network until you can fix the problem that right. it has but it's not a moral agent right yeah it's a computer Right. So, so your position would be that humans are not morally culpable. Okay. Right. Okay. Sure. I'm just, I'm asking. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, I get the feeling you're not totally I guess, settled on no, that. No, I'm, I'm not totally settled on it because I haven't really given that a whole lot of thought, but, but let's explore that. Let's say, okay, sure. Uh huh. They're not morally culpable for that. How does that change whether it's determinist or, or free will. Oh, it doesn't. And and how does it change how we should deal with them? Well, that it does. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's not it's not an argument for compatibilism. It's just if that that being determinism, then this. So if if hard determinism, then no moral culpability. You shouldn't have to take responsibility for anything. No. That's no, not true. No, you you should still be held responsible. Yeah, responsible and moral morally culpable are two different things. Yeah. Because the computer with the virus well, is still responsible for disseminating that virus. Yeah. And you hold it responsible by removing it. So we're, we're just going to say your brain was responsible. So we're going to have to pe- take people's brains out from now on. Yeah. Well, you're going to remove the brains <laughs> out of remove the Remove the brain or just the – I mean – Give them a good scrubbing. Throw them back is in. Is that where lobotomies – Touch all its bits. used to lobotomize people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's acting crazy. Let's cut a part of the brain out. Well, yeah, that's what they used to do, and just turn people into zombies. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer tried to make sex slaves. So, so your view, your view on determinism versus versus libertarian free will greatly impacts how you view what should happen to people who Mm -hmm. do something wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. If 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 you have a view that they have total free will to do whatever they wanted, and they chose to to rape and murder somebody. It's really easy then to say, well, you need to be punished. You need mm-hmm. to be punished for choosing to be this rotten piece of shit who yeah. did this, right? And and this is one of the big- and that we don't need to fix you. This well, is all your fault. You chose yeah, to do this. Yeah. We're going to punish you. We're not going to fix you. We're not going to work on. on we're not going to try to to figure out what happened that led to this. We just know you're broken. And fucked up, and you made this terrible choice, and we are going to punish now, you for this terrible. This, choice. in my opinion, is the big. It's, uh, that, 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 that is an issue. That's the big reason why libertarian free will will Doesn't is so work. popular. I don't because people get to give themselves a big pat on the back whenever do, whenever thing yeah. goes well, yeah. and they get to point the finger at somebody else and say that piece of shit and place blame when things don't go well. Yeah, and humans love that. Yeah, I think because I think you know people do have the problem. Where I'll, I'll use the Jeffrey Dahmer one since we like making fun of Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, and actually, I researched Jeffrey Dahmer a little bit because it was kind of interesting because he was from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But he actually, in interviews. Well, that's not what that's makes what, him that makes it totally interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, in interviews. Had he been had, from anywhere else, I'd have been like, eh, fuck it. I've never really <laughs> He's researched not from Wisconsin. <laughs> but he had said in interviews that he didn't want to do what he was doing, but he just couldn't control himself. 
So he was lacking the part where he might have had the impulse to murder someone. He didn't have the impulse to go, no, that's wrong. Yeah, I think Dan... He, he was think, missing that part where he couldn't say no. I think Dan would say nobody has that part. That part is the part that that is the illusory bit. But I think there are people out there that, that can control themselves. I mean, you people... There's, I mean, if, if you say they can't control it, then how can you fix them? I think we're talking about people with mental health disorders, like yeah. sociopaths, yeah. versus people who have a fully functioning brain that puts those limits on them, right? I mean, your your brain recognizes patterns. That's why people see ghosts and shit. That's why they think that they hear noises when they're when nothing really happened. It's our brains are pattern seeking things, right? So they come up with all kinds of weird shit. If if part of your brain that does that is broken, you don't have that. And so you won't see those things. We can, we can turn off parts of your brain. We can cut out parts of your brain that do different things that affects the choices or, or, or what you think are the choices that you're able mm-hmm. to make. Right. So then you're saying that a norm, a, a, a properly functioning brain can throw up a firewall. What do you mean? Well, so he was saying that part of the brain says go kill somebody and he, and Dahmer was saying that he was unable to stop that voice. Because he, he said he honestly well, yeah, didn't want to do what he was doing, but he couldn't control yeah, it. Yeah, if you if you if you have some mental disorder or a problem with your brain that that doesn't allow empathy, it doesn't allow yeah, yeah. it doesn't allow any bit of of thought about the consequences of your actions. Um, so, but that none of that should matter on your view. Why would that not matter? Be, because, because because your brain, the, the subconscious part of your brain would still have access to all of that. It would have access to to figuring out, okay, hmm. based on whatever actions are taken, these are the these are the possible outcomes and consequences. If I lose the part of the brain that's going to be figuring that shit out, then yeah, there would that would be a problem. That, that would be impacted right. by the chemicals in their brain that they have no control over whatsoever, anyway. So, so maybe maybe yeah. we're actually in agreement. Then and what I'm talking about as the confines are all of these little areas that I've been probing you about. You know, I just um, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say I was thinking about you know what happens to your brain and and different things that can happen, and and I and I just thought to myself, you know, you can you can take hallucinogenic drugs, and it sure seems. Like you're chasing a little pink dinosaur down the path at, mm-hmm. in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it really happens. It but, seems that way. But you ain't. Sure. That's your couch. Like you and and that you saw the pink dinosaur running down the path, and then that you chose. Whoops, sorry. That the, then that you chose to follow it, but there's no pink dinosaur there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I worded it that way intentionally. And yeah. The crazy thing is with hallucinogenic drugs, like like the mushrooms or LSD and stuff, when they put them in a CAT scan. More of their brain is firing. More synapses are firing than normal. Because the whole bullshit of you only use ten percent. Shut up, man! <laughs> you only you only use ten percent of your brain is bullshit. You use a hundred percent of your brain, just not a hundred percent at a time. Yeah. But when you are on hallucinogenic drugs, brain scans show that you are actually using more percentage of your brain all at once versus just using certain parts at certain times. There it's, are definitely people who use 10% of their brain. <laughs> 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, and I mean, there, there are cases of synesthetes, right, where they actually, their their brain, the chemistry in their brain is, or the wiring in their brain is different than other people, mm-hmm. where they will feel sound yeah. or taste colors. Mm-hmm. You know, they their senses are crossed 
and their experience of life is completely different from other people. Right. We can admit our brains are weird, marvelous, crazy things that we really don't know 100% about, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we did know 100% True. about it, we'd be able to cure a lot of like dementia and be like, oh, well, this is why that happens or this is why that person did this. Oh, we can fix that because it works this way. We don't know that stuff. It, so, we're all different. So what yeah, is your what well is your them. position then? I, I'm on the softer side. Mm-hmm. I think you, you do. <laughs> softer side of Sears. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember those commercials? <laughs> it was like women's uh, underwear. I'm on the softer side. I do think you do make decision, some decisions up for yourself. In the moment, you make a decision, but at the same time, that decision is shaped by things that have happened to you in the past. I think it only seems that way. Yeah, that's what I would say. It seems that way, but I doubt it. But I'd go hard to determine those on something you have no control over. Like when I kind of used the airplane thing earlier when we were talking before, I said, if you get on a plane, that plane crashes. It's not your fault that plane crashes. You didn't want that plane to crash. Well, that could have been even, a, no. There could yeah, have been a mechanic course. that woke up that morning that was tired, didn't loosen a bolt, going with that whole what's that movie where the whole the whole chain reaction thing. That's where I look at more of determinism of, with the chain the reaction, butterfly effect. Yeah, all all of our actions impact each other and everything else around us. Yeah, and you don't have like if someone if someone decided to to drink and drive and go through a red a red light and hit me, I have no control of that situation. Well, no shit. I mean, but that person had a control over it and the, that affected me so that's why i'm kind of going you don't have complete control 100 free will over all aspects of your life yeah i don't, well, think, I don't yeah, think libertarian think free wills yeah. wouldn't say that either they wouldn't say that you can control somebody else's driving no yeah. no not to control their, their driving but you could have made it a maybe hey well if i would have done this maybe that would have but no you it, it's done it's over oh. you've done what you've did <laughs> actions yeah. actions have you been done made what you done now you gonna face you done what you did it. now you're doing yeah. what you're done now you're done it, it's done <laughs> but no i guess Hmm. Don't know what you did, but I, 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 I think it's more of, you know, every action has the equal and opposite reaction type thing. Every action you make is going to have another reaction later on in your life or compound something. Like, if you decide to be a smoker for 80 years, yeah, you're probably going to fucking die a, a slow death of, with cancer. If you had made a decision 80 years prior not to smoke, hey, maybe you're going to live to 100. But they couldn't have decided not to smoke, right? Or to put they could have one cigarette. Or, to put it, or they could have quit any time they wanted. Somebody else could have interacted in their life and changed their view of smoking. Something they mm-hmm. learned along the way could have changed that. That's why I think you do. I mean, I can't say because in my mind, if you say you don't have control over making your own actions and what does and don't say unconscious because that is you subconscious, your subconscious, your subconscious is you. But it doesn't. It's you don't you don't consciously make those decisions. It's, it would be, I mean, it's almost but like it's still your decision. The, well, the origin of, of the choice or the, or the picking of one thing over the other still comes from your it's like brain. If, if you were but given, you don't do it as a conscious actor. Now, if you were given a, a new option of toys, something brand new, you've never seen this option before in your life. Is I it like be, new toys. Is it going to be a subconscious decision or a conscious decision when you're evaluating it? What? If it's something you, you're given the uh, option of two things that are being explained to you at the same time, maybe they, some alien race has given something you've never seen these before. Uh-huh. Is it your subconscious that's going to make the decision or your conscious side of you is going to make the decision? About what? About which one to pick. Oh, what do I want? Oh. I think it doesn't matter what 
the choice is. It's always subconscious. I don't think yeah. so. Because I, I'm going with, if you make the same drive to work every day, sometimes you might make that drive and be like, holy shit, I don't remember fucking stopping at a stoplight. Because uh-huh. you've done it so many times before your unconscious takes over and just does it for you. Subconscious. Yeah. Your subconscious. Your subconscious oh. takes over and does it for you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. not your unconscious. Yeah. If you've picked a Coke so many times off the table... Well, we've uncon- heard about Ryan's road trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your unconscious side, your subconscious is going to take over because you've made that decision a hundred fucking times before. It already knows you want that. If it's a totally new choice put in front of you where you've never had to make the decision before. There are still, there are still evaluative properties that you would assign. But to would you, would it be a you. subconscious thought do or I would like, you physically have to think about it? Do I like the thing that's round, the thing that's blue, the but thing that's you don't know anything big, about that's them. heavy, that's soft, that I think. Well, I, you would, upon seeing it, you would, you would be presented with this, right? But I, 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 I guess what I'm trying to go is your subconscious takes over when you've been presented the same a million times before and it already knows. Well, let's stay with the car you. then. So I think what you're saying, you're, you're, you just, you're looking at the car from the outside, car being the brain, right? Mm-hmm. And you're watching the car move and you're seeing the tires spin and you're saying, that's definitely driving the car. And Dan's saying, no, it's the engine that's driving it. And you're like, well, what if you take it on a dirt road? Then you could see the wheel spinning. You've never been there before. You can see the wheel spinning. The dust is coming up. Then at that, at that point, it's the tires. No, it's still the engine. Well, what if you, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. always or, the engine. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the engine. How much thought do you put into getting into your car? You walk out to your car, unlock it, and get in. How much thought do you put Let's in there? Try this then? another way. No, 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 no. Just, just go with it. You don't really have to think about it much. Okay. You can probably grab your keys and hit the button without even thinking about which button it is. That's the lock or unlock button on your on your key fob. Right. You can probably just. I you don't can probably, need to hit a button on my key well, fob. You could probably unlock, open your door without even. My car knows I'm there and it <laughs> lights up and I push a button. Well, your car's got a better brain than mine does. <laughs> yeah. You could probably grab your door handle and open it and sit down in and put the key in without even looking or thinking about where you got to do it. You've mm-hmm. done it so many times before. It's it's it, you can just instantly do it. And now get into a cockpit of a fighter jet and try to figure out how to turn that fucker on. You're going to have to go through every step. You have to look, oh, shit. Uh, okay, this. Well, but this, we're not talking about a well, choice here, though. What I'm saying is when you're presented with a new, something new, is that your your consciousness has to look at it and you have to evaluate. It's not going to be like an instant, like, oh, I know what to do. It's I've done this a no, million times before. So no, that's where you still that's have where, to learn. You still have to learn. That's yeah. where I'm going with your subconscious is a learned thing. You've done it so many times before. Your body takes, your brain takes over and goes, you're, yeah, you know how to do this. You know how to do this. It's a motor reaction now. Doing something for the first time, it's not a motor reaction. Your subconscious isn't going to know how that, to do it. I think that's addressing a different thing. Yeah, you know? I, I don't. I, but, don't I don't even know what it is. Dress, addressing. But that's where but, I'm going. You still have to make the decisions in it. I don't think it's your subconscious making decisions. It's your conscious. No, if I've never flown a plane, the decision I make is I don't know how to fucking do this. I'm going to get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I need to go to school well, to learn any, how to fly this fucking plane. That's my decision. Is I I can't fly this plane i'm getting the fuck out I, I guess what i'm trying to go with is i don't think your subconscious makes every single decision for you okay yeah. i think when presented with something new and alien and you have not been presented with before but like i said you're still going to evaluate things you're going to evaluate things you but just you're said, thinking about it and it's it, i want to go with unconscious i'm like if it's unconscious i'm not thinking about it no it's, it's just it happening. seems like you're thinking about it so so but, then <laughs> but on but on a subconscious level there are still things that you are evaluating with about whatever you're presented with if an alien came down and presented you with two different things and said, pick one, you are still evaluating what you see in front of you. 
And on a conscious level, you're think you may come to pick one thing or another, but your subconscious is still the thing evaluating all of the different properties based on every experience hmm. you've had and the chemistry in your brain. I guess I'm still going with uh, you, on the fly. A choice is still your choice. It's not predictable. You're absolutely wrong. That's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm sticking with it. Okay. Now, sticking probes on your brain is, is, it's still you making the choice. It's not an outside agent making the choice for you. It seems like you have the choice, sure. Well, you, well, <laughs> yeah. Is it an outside agent or is it you making the decision? It's not an outside no, agent. No, it's not outside. So if it's you making the decision, you can choose to change your mind at any time. It doesn't matter if it's coming from your conscious just, or unconscious yeah, or just, subconscious. It doesn't just, matter where it's coming just from. Just in the same way that the tire can decide how fast to spin. Yeah. But you, that, that, I don't think you're <laughs> – and I don't think you're – well, <laughs> yeah, the I RPMs. You're, you're, you can change the RPMs. Your engine which is going to change the speed here. of your tire. Yeah, but it's the engine that's driving yeah, it. Your yeah, your brain is still your brain making that decision. It's your brain. It's not someone else's brain. Yeah, but so it's now- It's not an outside source coming in to tell your brain to do something. It's your brain. It is you making that decision. Now well, now it's, now we've changed scope because- Like we the were engine. Rich- it's the car engine. That engine is making the decision to spin those tires. It's not another engine. <laughs> it's not deciding it's, to do it. It's doing it. Yeah, but it's not someone else's yeah. engine doing it. No, no, right. it's, it's not. It's that engine doing yes, it. Yes, right. it is. But, yeah. but Earl, the, your initial question was about subconscious driving the conscious. Now you've changed it to just the whole brain as a whole. Well, if we're going to, well, it is. In that one, your subconscious is your brain. Yeah, the tires but, are the conscience. But it's there's the one a, actually, uh, there's a delineation there, going though, into I motion. Think. The so, engine gives it the motion, the drive to do what it's going to do. So right. I think what Matt, I think the distinction Matt is pointing out is that if you were to look at a car and see it going down the road. Yeah. As an observer, you can look at the tires and see that those are the things that are moving. Clearly, that's what's driving the car. Right. Without knowing that it's actually the engine doing it. You, well, you look I won't look at you. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so I'm just saying you look at the tires as an observer and see the tires on the road hitting the rubber or the, the rubber hitting the road and, and moving the car forward. So as an observer, you think the tires are what make the car go. Yeah. You don't see the engine. It's always the engine that makes the car go, but you don't know. It just seems to you that you're making a choice. It seems to you that the tires are making right. the car go. Right. See, I still go with, then you can never be responsible for anything you do if you don't have a choice to do. No, you can you be responsible. You just can't be morally culpable. You can be held responsible. Yeah. 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 So I don't like that. Well, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't, I, I don't I, like I, that when I die, I'm just going to cease yeah, to yeah. exist, but that doesn't change the fact. Well, no, because to me, it's it's... You are you. You make your decisions be who you are. It sure seems that way. Well, then if it isn't, then who the fuck's <laughs> making the decisions for me? <laughs> the tires. The tires are, yeah. <laughs> oh, now I need some whiskey. <laughs> well, you, success- you successfully moved me to almost all the way hard determinism. Okay. I still have a few lingering questions, but I think that I can probably work them out now that I understand well, and I'm gonna, what you're saying a little bit better. I'm, I'm going At to least be, I think I do. I'm going to do some it more It appears as if I understand it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do some more preparation on this and, and bring in some more hard facts and studies um, that I can point to and say, this is why I think you're wrong and why and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, if if we return to the subject in the future. And mm-hmm. and maybe our listeners have some good ideas for us. I mean, are we totally off base? 
Do you do you think Ryan's right and the 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 wheels are moving the car? <laughs> well, that's not lo- not, that's not loaded at all. <laughs> I'm not going to look at you waving your hand at me and going, "Look, that hand is waving all on its own. It's got a it's got a mind. It's got its own brain. There's a that, that hand's got a brain in the palm. He ain't making it do that. It's doing it by itself. Look at that. Look at that hand go." So, so write into us. You you can send us an email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com or leave a comment on our Facebook page or tweet at us at TGR Podcast. Call and leave us a voicemail or send us a text message to 33081Rebel. Let us know what you think. Are we totally off base on the free will thing? What other tips and suggestions have you got for us? Other things that you think we ought to look at and talk about? In order for any hypothesis to be veridical, meaning it can be true or false, it has to be falsifiable. There have to be things you can say about your hypothesis which, if true, would make it false. If, if we found a black polar bear, the statement, all polar bears are white, would be falsified, right? We haven't yet, which strengthens the hypothesis. So I would ask you, what kind of statements could be made which, if true, would prove theism false? If you can't do that, you don't even have, not only do you not have a coherent definition, you don't even have a coherent hypothesis of this being that you are arguing for. Moving on. All right. We, we talked about that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun, man. I like yeah, talking about that I think it was a good shit. conversation. I, I like talking about that stuff. Um, and oddly, we didn't 100% agree on everything we were saying. Well, and, and there's, this, there's this piece that I've thought about writing for a while that maybe if I get some time... In the future, I will I will write something and bring it to the show. Okay. But what do you got, Matt? <sighs> I have a piece that I've written to bring to the show. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. Whatever is it? <laughs> well, you see, when I was on the Utah... Once upon a time, I was on <laughs> another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> on the uh, Utah outcased podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you sound like Jake. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? For, for, what is it? For, uh, Felicity Twizzler? Fornicopia. Oh, Fornicopia. Twizzler? Oh, the, the tree, the tree whistler. The tree whistler, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Felicia of yes. the Utah Outcasts. Yes. Um, had some, some questions for me. Appar- like apparently lady. my position was not clear which position was that i have said before on the show that i'm not uh, particularly a big fan of the superheroes because you're not 12 right yeah you're an adult (laughs) and i have also mentioned that or at least demonstrated that i am a fan of the sports ball yeah but it's the patriots right so it's a sports cheat ball (laughs) so uh (laughs) Apparently she she saw a conflict in that and I'll just uh, I'll just get into uh more clearly outlining my position why I say because I'm not 12 the and this hopefully will encompass all that and make it crystal clear. Make all of us feel really bad? No. Oh, okay. Um just Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> also uh these are my thoughts the views and expressions opinions expressed blah blah blah. <laughs> Uh, amid a slew of objections and constant shifting to which straw man she wanted to erect, I've managed to pull one, which is actually something I can argue against, and goes as follows. She said, quote, explain to me why your interest in this, the sports ball, where it's basically cavemen hitting balls 
with sticks, makes you so superior to our complex mythologies of godlike beings explaining complex issues. Close quote. Hopefully she can organize her thoughts into a coherent rebuttal to this, but I'm not Aquaman, so won't be holding my breath. <laughs> Aquaman is the worst of superheroes. <laughs> dearest hey, dearest Felicia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dearest Felicia of the Utah Outcast podcast. The appeal of sports is that we get to observe humans pushing the limits of what we're capable of in areas of genetics, diet, discipline, and strategy by competing against the best we have to offer in reality. Even where the word fantasy is used in sports, it's still based on actions in the world. The fantasy part is being able to build teams the way you like, but from a list of living humans and their actions in this dimension. I dig the fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Never played. It's fun. I don't know about football. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice because you it makes you pay attention to what's going on throughout the league instead of just your own team. Right. Yep. And individual players, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, it can be considered a certain type of nerdy to memorize a running back's 40-yard dash time or a quarterback's longest touchdown pass, but these are records of actual human achievements, however arbitrary the rules surrounding the sport may be. But our arbitrary rules in sports still have infinitely more meaning than the Flash can run 17,000 miles per hour or Superman can reverse <laughs> the rotation of stars by flying real fast. Oh, and Ant-Man? Yeah, he can shrink down to nearly microscopic size but still somehow increase his strength, so when the time comes for some real comic relief, He'll be able to toss aside the bad guy by the nose. Dude, he's gone Hilarious. quantum. He's gone quantum. Yeah. <sighs> Comparing any of these real <laughs> these real stats in sports is apples to oranges at best, because sup with superheroes, it's entirely made up. They can write whatever their nerdy hearts desire. Yet even with all that freedom, they wrote in Nicolas Cage as the ghostwriter and Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Forget about the perpetually moist-eyed Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Really smutty Tom Brady fanfic is more entertaining the than this. The perpetually perpetually moist-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Unlike sports, which is limited to the confines of physics, superheroes are simply another embodiment of humans' fantasy for the impossible. Superheroes are just the most recent in a long line of gods and savior types that humans have written down in a book. It's a way for people who are constantly Mr. Magooing through life to fantasize about invincibility and nationalism and the majestic triumph over their daily struggles. Thinking they can identify with the hero allows them to pretend that they, too, are exceptional and of the highest moral resolve, something the human ego demands but can never deliver. The fact that people can't realize perfection in themselves yet remain arrogant and self-important is what provides the fuel and appeal for the savior story. If people like strong, powerful heroes, why not create a hero who is exponentially stronger and more powerful than any hero made before? But the success of this Abrahamic-style character is down to lowest common denominator pandering. Much like Paul of Tarsus and Muhammad, the superhero creators figured out exactly what big dumb thing the people wanted, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they still design all of the superheroes with, with flaws, right? They're, none of them are perfect because they know that would be totally boring, like Superman. I'll get into it. All right. <laughs> so whether it's the Quran or Catwoman, the Bible or Beast, they've created those saviors. Some, like Thor, are shamelessly ripped directly from traditional religious myths and placed easily into the, margil, the Marvel religious adjacent myth. And there are scores of saviors. Marvel at how many saviors there are. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to satisfy a wide variety of human egos and personalities. So everyone can play make-believe with themselves at the very center, just the way they like it. For people who are overly enamored with themselves, such that only pure perfection will do, there are the Jesus archetypes. 
Don't get me started on the brilliant names of these guys. Superman, Cyclops, Spider-Man, and my personal favorite, Captain America. He's the bestest. Imagine if Mr. Peanut's name was the equally heavy-handed Lieutenant Britain. That's how silly it seems to me. (laughs) If you pass on the Jesus heroes because you prefer a tiny bit of depth and some inner conflict in your gods, as the ancient Greeks did, there are Batman, Daredevil, and the Hulk, who's pretty incredible, by the way. If you're slightly misanthropic and life's been tough, you may be more inclined to cheer for a brooding, vengeful Jew-type anti-hero like the Punisher, Deadpool, or Wolverine. Jew-god-type anti-hero. Those are a few of my favorites. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they're they're better for sure. Uh, these writers have even been clever and original enough to include a Satan for each and every one of their heroes, because without adversity, heroes are worthless. But even when it comes to inflating inflated heroes battling the evils of other dimensions, it's done poorly. All of these films follow a, ge- a very generic formula. Bad guy shows up, causes a ruckus, hero gets in a muddle. Pause for a quick gut check to be sure he's doing the right thing. Yep, he is. Defeat bad guy. <laughs> ah, the hero's journey. A classic story platform. Gilgamesh, the Odyssey, the Bible, Marvel. Swap any of these heroes out for another, and the premise remains exactly the same. In these movies, the explosions might roll one, one, one after another, gunfire and vehicles crashing, leaving a wake of wrecked cars, smoking piles of level, leveled buildings, and sometimes armies of slain foes strewn about. So dramatic and cinematic. We're all swelling with pride and accomplishment. Time to cue the victory close-up of the hero with cuts and scrapes on his face. None actively bleeding, of course, but at least you know he's been really brave. (laughs) Maybe there's an injury, possibly a serious one. But this is where the lack of story development becomes the most obvious. There's a vast chasm between the consequences of violence in these movies and the audience. Violence can be artful. It can be used to make a strong point. This violence, though, is so sanitized that the impact is lost. Remember that all all but one of the 176,000 superhero movies are rated PG-13. It's filler, meant to appease a society that finds swearing offensive but loves God, guns and winning. Murica and all that. Violence. Mm-hmm. Fights and explosions are a transparent gimmick to get the crowd rooting for the hero without ever having to believe they're in any real danger. In contrast, there is no script in sports, thus a real understanding that loss is possible. And it happens, providing a much more engaging viewer experience. In many cases, the quality of a superhero movie is based upon how closely it follows the sacred text. This comes primarily primarily from people who grew up reading the comic books at an age when it would be acceptable, in my view. But they never let it go and have grown into the adult pastors of DC and Marvel, judging the movies by the holy books they read as a child. Actually, in Spider-Man's world. (laughs) Exactly. Alan Moore, who is responsible for three well-known superhero tales, including The Killing Joke, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, and Watchmen says, quote, superheroes were originally in the hands of writers who would active, uh, who would actively expand the imagination of nine to 13 year old audience. This was, com- uh, that was completely why, uh, what they were meant to do. And they were doing it excellently. These days, super superhero comics think the audience is certainly not nine to 13. It's nothing to do with them. It's an audience largely of 30, 40, 50, 60 year old men, usually men. Someone came up with the term graphic novel. These readers latched onto it. They were simply interested in a way that they could validate their continued love of Green Lantern or Spider-Man without appearing in some way emotionally subnormal. Close quote. <laughs> this may seem to be sensor- censoriously toned, but I'm, pointing out, but I'm pointing out that children were the original demographic for comic heroes. And just because I think that's obvious doesn't make me condescending. All that stuff I said a moment ago does. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm having to say this simp- 
uh, simply to defend the reason I don't like superhero movies is a demonstration of the dogmatism that can exist within the geekdom of gods. It's apparently not enough that I just don't like it and we all move on. I'm also required to justify such an incomprehensible stance. In this particular case, it's taken an adapted form of atheists have faith too by saying that my criticism of superheroes is off limits because I enjoy a football game and that makes me somehow hypocritical. Curious. Never mind that part of my continued interest in football is that my son plays for the high school team. He may or may not be in the NFL someday, but one thing is certain. He will never be a mythical comic superhero. You can make him one. But I'm not saying that nobody should find enjoyment in the myths of superhero saviors. I just don't. But to say that admiration for the fantasy of Marvel or DC is in any way the same as watching real humans compete with each other in sport is a strange sort of equivocation in which the only real challenge in refuting it is figuring out how anybody could be serious in proposing it. Bye, Felicia. I oh. am. <laughs> you got served. I see a dance-off coming in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Can we break dance fight? Yes. Yes. You got to call her out first, which you've done. You, you've thrown down the gauntlet, and now... Oh, she, she, knows it's, she knows it's been brought in. It's been brought in. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to hearing her response. <laughs> and if anyone's curious about that, you'll have to go to the last Utah Outcasts episode and hear the original question and content, and uh, then check out their next one or whenever she gets around to posting a rebuttal. Yes. Just listen to all of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll log it. I guess I don't know where Moving I stand. Moving along. You don't know where you stand. I'm not a huge sports fan. No, no. no. I'm not a. I'm not a giant sports fan. I'm not a. I, I like. Nobody I likes like the Giants. The, <laughs> I like. I like the Marvel movies and shit. I, I think they're entertaining. That's, that's, that's it. It's where you find your entertainment. Think, like people are entertained by sports. Yeah, I don't. Entertained by I don't movies. think they're necessarily are, more entertaining than sports. Entertained or better by, than sports. Like or, I haven't watched like the last four Super Bowls even. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't watch the Super Bowl. Hmm. Are you working usually? No, like I just like last year I was at work and everybody was watching it. I didn't watch it. Why? I wasn't entertained. <laughs> Ryan, you're not I would, conforming. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would be cooking, uh, and I would wait till the commercials came on, and then come out to the TV to watch the commercials. And when the game came back, and I went back to the kitchen and kept eating food. I'm like I don't give a fuck about the game. I, I could care less who wins or loses. Like I'm not. Well, it's because the Packers weren't playing. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's, and that's the thing. It, they're the only team I care about. If they're not playing, I give a fuck what happens. The only reason why I care about the Packers playing is because that's I was raised with the Packers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, and I like the Raiders, but I'm I'm not a super fan or anything. I don't I don't watch the draft. I don't keep track of what players they pick up or drop in the off season. I don't, you know, I I don't keep track of any of that. And and really, for the last decade or so, I haven't paid much attention to their regular season shit because they have just sucked ass. Mm -hmm. So. It's not, you know, it, it's one of those things where, hey, I really want to go watch my team get their asses handed yeah, to yeah. them again this week. <laughs> right. And I guess I like movies more because I want to make them. So yeah. when I watch movies, sometimes I'm looking at it more, not more of just not watching the movie, but going like, oh. How do they do that? I mm -hmm. see that. Like, yeah, like when we're, like when I watch them, I kind of go, oh, that's a really interesting way they did that camera angle. Or, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a new way to do something like that. That's interesting. I kind of like that. Those are cool that how they did it. that transition. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I like that. I'm like, maybe I'll try to look up how they did that or try to figure out how to do it myself. Yeah. So I can't look at a guy throw a football and go like, oh, I want to be able to do that. Like I can never throw a fucking spiral. How does he hold the ball that way? Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's, it's what you're passionate about. You can, you're going to get, go get more into and be more of a defender of. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just trying to bring some peace 
to the fight a little bit before the storm comes. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying nobody's allowed to like it. I'm. Just, I just. No, was, yeah, I was yeah. asked why I don't, and that's when I say I'm not 12. It's that whole four-page essay. That's what it means. Well. <laughs> But honestly, when you say because I'm not 12, it's kind of a little insulting to people that do like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. just like when she asked me about the sports ball, which is basically <laughs> cavemen hitting balls with sticks. It's like if you said, why don't you like football? I'm because I don't like steroids. Mm, that's, There's a lot of steroids other places, yeah, too. True. Mostly baseball. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, feel like you, I don't feel like your answer was quite condescending enough no. to be equal, but- I could be like, well, because I, I got a brain. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I can think. I'm not a brute. That's better. For condemning my friend Stephen, Stephen Fry for his nature, for saying, for saying you couldn't be a member of our church, you're born in sin. He's not being condemned for what he does, he's being condemned for what he is. You're a child made in the image of God. Oh, no, you're not. You're a faggot. And you can't join your church and you can't go to heaven. This is disgraceful. It's inhuman. It's obscene. And it comes from a clutch of hysterical, sinister virgins who've already betrayed their charge in the children of their own church. Well, we've got a couple things pulled up. Okay. Do we want to... Which Listen to had, Glenn uh, Beck. We actually haven't listened to him in like two I weeks. Or Alex to. Jones. Uh, let's go with Beck. I want to see how much he cries. He, I don't think he cries in this one. What? Does he get overly emotional and dramatic? Oh, f- probably. Okay. Throws in fucking hyperbole. And I was worried drops he might names and makes up stories that are completely yeah. unverifiable. Well, I was worried he might that, be sick. Uh well, he he has been diagnosed with a mental disorder. Oh, is it called ass 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 face? Ass holism. I was going to say Asperger's. But I'm like, well, that's a real thing. I need to make something as, up. Ass holism. Uh, this this comes to us from right wing right wing watch. It's Glenn Beck, who says that he guarantees that the next stop on this train is pedophilia. Allowing it? Apparently, because it's going to become normalized. No, as, as he will point out to us in in this little clippies here. Let me give you another one. Hershey Park. Imagine taking your kids to Hershey Park over the summer. Hershey Park announced this week that transgender guests visiting the theme park may use the bathroom that matches their gender identity or family restroom if they wish. (gasps) The horror. Yeah, what the fuck? Someone's going to pee next to you. Can you imagine all of the the pearl clutching that just went on across the nation? (laughs) That's where I get my chocolate. (laughs) So they can just go in. Males can go in to the female rest. No. That's not how this no. works. It's it's this fundamental no. misunderstanding and ignorance of what a trans person is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it, but I think I think I think there's a lot of active denial. They're just they're just not going to let them have the fact that they're that a trans woman is a female. God they're just not going to everybody yeah, perfectly. Yeah, exactly. They're just not going to grant them that. So it's that's a man as he wanted them yeah. to yeah. be created. So I think God there's... created you a man with man parts, yep. and so you're a man, man. Yeah, I think that's in there too. But he gave you a woman's brain, so fucking deal with it. There's definitely ignorance, but I think a lot of it's that spite too. God doesn't fucking make mistakes except 
for maybe you know all the congenital defects and Ted, but Ted was, Cruz. That was thalidomide. Mental disabilities and th- you know, but but other yeah. than that, we're, if we're and just talking about your Zika, private parts, Zika virus, God is one hundred percent right. <laughs> all the fucking well, except for when Ebola. You're born intersex, and you know maybe yeah. have male and female parts, or you know, and then the doctor chooses after you're born, yeah, which ones they're gonna favor, but. They they should have waited, man, and let God figure. You just weren't done cooking. <laughs> Shoved you back in your mom's uterus and let that shit be sorted out. Yeah. Or that guy with two dicks. <laughs> How dare he get two of them? <laughs> At an amusement park. It's a place targeted to kids, which is, I mean, even just even What? Worse, targeted to kids. Which is even worse. Let me just say this. If you don't stand up now, I guarantee. God, he does this every time he makes a video. Because this is not. And I just stepped all over it. But if he's not going to guarantee it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, he makes a guarantee every time, and he's like, "I guarantee the next thing." And then it just he just moves on as if he didn't make. uh, As if he just didn't make a prophecy. Yeah, he never checks himself. Like, hey, remember the thing I guaranteed? Well, it didn't happen. I apologize. Not normal. This is not the way. the, The 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 velocity. Of the way this is being jammed down everybody's throat is not normal. This isn't, this isn't an, uh, an outcry from the people. No. This is 0.3% of the population. So why are you worried? So why the fuck are you worried if it's such a small percentage? And this has been happening forever, motherfucker. That's not that the trans community fucking appeared this year. They've been around forever. They've been using the fucking bathroom yeah. forever. This is what I love about all these these right wing guys that every other word is the Constitution and and stop Hillary for the sake of freedom. And uh, Obama's just taking away our rights every day. This these kinds of guys are always the first one to demonstrate they have no understanding of what it's there for. Mm-hmm. They think the Constitution is there to be a club that the majority can use to batter everybody else around with. And so when they're like, it's 0.3% of the population. Yeah, who fucking cares? That's what yeah. the Constitution is in place to protect. No. From assholes like but you. But the majority yeah. rules. You don't get yeah, it. Majority, that's what I mean. Yeah, majority rules, dude. Like, majority doesn't want it, so yeah, like, and we what get if, what we want. And what if Christians were 3% of the population? They'd be bitching yeah. all the time about how the Constitution is there to protect them. Oh, yeah, because it's there to protect minorities. The well, I know, but I mean, yeah. even if it was yeah. three. But they don't But, but they don't believe that their thought is it is a majority that rules, but it's not. No. Right. We are a demi- uh, 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 what is Democratic it, uh, Republic. Yeah, Democratic Republic. We choose our representatives. We don't vote by majority rule. Yeah. We're, we're a banana That's false. republic. Three <laughs> percent of the population. This when you saw the the um uh gay marriage thing, thing, that was pushed through by the administration. But we would have arrived there anyway ourselves. We bullshit. The, how, how would how was the gay marriage thing pushed through by the administration? It, it, it since the yeah, well, it got pushed through since the what the 1960s when this did the fight Supreme, started. Did the Supreme Court not rule on this? Did it not? Did were there not states passing laws against yeah. same-sex marriage? Was this not a multi-year fight? Were there not fight? lawsuits filed? How did the fucking administration yeah. push through they this didn't. gay marriage mm-hmm. thing? It started on the state level, so don't fuck the administration. They did nothing. I, I I really want to know how he would justify saying something like the that. If someone thing, were to ask him a question, tell me, okay, you say the administration 
pushed we, this through. What did the administration do to push this through? Which when, when he, he says no administration, that we know me. what he means. He means Obama. And all, all Obama did was agree with it. Like, yeah, homosexuals should be allowed to marry. You know, that black Kenyan atheist yeah. Muslim yeah. sitting in the White House. Yep. But we would have arrived there anyway ourselves. Which is bullshit. We would have gotten there. No. Another five or ten years, we would have gotten there anyway. No. You're still fighting it. You're still fucking fighting it. And if you would have gotten there anyway, why the fuck does it matter that it happened now versus the five to ten years later? Exactly. What is your fucking complaint? That we're giving people an extra five to ten years of being treated like decent fucking human beings? It shouldn't take that long. And and not only that, is is he just pissed because... He knows that this is going to come back and look badly on Christians, and oh, he's yeah. and he's trying to preempt that by saying we would have done it. We totally would have done that. I mean, we've had the last two fucking thousand years to do it. It would only have taken us another five to ten, and it would have happened. Yeah. We would have eventually released the slaves. It would have fucking happened yeah. if the administration hadn't just ran that down our throats. Yeah, we would have allowed interracial marriage. We would have allowed weird, slaves to go free. It's a weird cross section of of hyperbole against it and trying to take credit for it. It's, well, and it makes yeah, me mad because he's rammed he's, down your throats because but, he's bitching about it being rammed down your throats. And, but we would have done it anyway. That's what I'm so saying. So what the fuck does it matter? Well, then? They, they wanted to do it on Tuesday and not Monday. <sighs> he had golf on Monday. Wait, <laughs> it was already on that path. No, it was transgendered bathrooms. No, have thanks come to you. Out of nowhere. No, it hasn't. No, it didn't come out of nowhere. What came out of nowhere is trying to not allow them in the bathroom. <sighs> but that's but the new thing that that just demonstrates. How poorly informed he is! It's it's uh, the he whole. Just, he just has no idea what issues are even happening. Yeah, maybe according to him, in his tiny yeah. little Republican yeah. right wing bubble, this came out of nowhere came because out of nowhere, yeah. he has no diversity yeah. of friends or right. or or of views outside his own Dude, little microcosm. N- n- none of his little fucking cronies on this on the stage with him even dare to do anything but not along yeah because yeah. the only thing new is them saying you cannot use the bathroom and then police had to come out and say no we allow you to use the bathroom yeah like oh look at that that's new they're allowing trans it's like no they've always, they've always allowed it allowed the thing that, that brought it to the you, forefront was guys like this asshole banning it yeah that's you said, uh, come out of nowhere and are being jammed down our throat i guarantee you i guarantee you <sighs> the next Stop on this train is pedophilia. No, no way. What in the fuck are you talking about? How do you, how does your train that would have arrived five to ten years later anyway, how does that? pedophilia. So you're, you're driving along in your stupid fucking Republican train and you've stopped at civil rights bad. So let's put that off. Well, we'll, we'll start with slavery, right? Slavery good. We need to keep that shit. Yeah. And then, you know, women voting, no, we can't have that either. And then civil rights for black people, no, we can't have that. And then gay marriage, no, we can't have that. Fucking letting people I go to the bathroom that they identify with, no, we can't have that. We would have gotten there sometime. Right, right, right. And not only that, he's confusing he's confusing trans uh with white Christian men. Those are the pedophiles. You're the pedophile, Beck. Well, not not them. Well, and on and on Beck's fucking train uh, train dipshit depot station, mm-hmm. according to him, the next stop on the on the right wing Republican bullshit that they would have done anyway yeah. in five to yeah, ten yeah, years yeah. is fucking kids. Yeah, yeah. We would have done that anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, they are doing it. I guarantee it. They will normalize pedophilia. No. 
You fucking asshole. Uh, no, they won't. He... God damn that's it. A, you know, that's still a crime, dude. None you, of the other stuff is criminal. No. And I think when the, the other thing that fucking pissed me off when they talk about the whole trans bathroom thing, it's like, I don't want a man, a bearded man walking in the women's restroom and going to the bathroom. I'm like, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a bearded man walking in the women's restroom. Yeah, because you're because, forcing them to go in there. Because you're forcing him to go in there. Yep. Because he was born a female. Yep, exactly. So you're going to get the exact thing you didn't want to fucking yeah, get. Yeah, you're going to guarantee it. Yeah. Not only that, but now you got all these fucking crusaders that are going in there to test every bathroom anyway. Yeah. So you got men going in there anyway. And they, I think they're like, a cross-dresser is different from someone who is transgender. Well, yeah. But that's what they look at. They're, they're thinking that that bearded cross-dressing man is going to walk into the bathroom and molest their kids, which oh. is total bullshit. That shit just makes my fucking blood yeah. boil, man. It's so stupid. I just it, fuck him. Yep. Then people standing guard outside of bathrooms and shit, and stories coming out of women being like, "Yeah, there was someone looking into the stall to make sure I was a woman." I know, and 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 aren't they the ones that complain about government overreach and and all this bullshit yeah. and small yeah, we government, need limited government, we need small government, yeah. you know? And and so in order to accomplish that, we're going to set officers outside of every public restroom who's, who are going to check genitals of yeah. people going in. Yeah, that's small government. I'd say fuck it. All bathrooms are unisexed. Yep. Sure. Yeah, well. Sep- You're just going to the fucking bathroom. Separate for priests, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Republicans. They get a single With stall bathroom that makes sure they can't Craig. rape anybody. Yeah. yeah, you're you're more likely to be molested by, by a Republican or a priest in a bathroom than you are a trans person. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the God of the gaps argument has always been used uh, uh, to provide a place for God. The idea is that if uh, science can't explain something, then maybe we need to reintroduce God. That's been historically the reason why people even talked about God. God was always an explanation for the things they didn't understand. Now, I don't claim that we understand everything, but we can we can give a plausible explanation for every question of this sort. Rather than the gaps increasing, as he was was urging, I, I claim that the gaps have pretty much disappeared. What else you got? I got a quick one. Okay. Mm. I'm, my, I, am I red? Like, I yeah, feel fucking you, mad. You, you are redder. I should take a picture of you now. <laughs> well, this may or may not lighten the mood. Uh, God. Man is facing capital murder charges after police allege he fatally shot his three-year-old stepson in the head when the child wouldn't stop jumping on his bed. Uh, That'll teach him. Yep. Uh, hard lessons. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he didn't spank him. Yeah. Public sympathy abounds for... Uh, Wayman, since so many parents out there can relate to the age-old dilemma of either watching toddlers have fun or shooting them in the face. According to the court records, George Wayman's arrest record uh, arrest occurred Wednesday morning, not long after the child, Dominic Castro, died from the gunshot wound. Investigators claim in court records that Wayman pointed a gun at Castro while ordering him off the bed he'd been jumping on. But the boy didn't listen, and we all... Who the fuck does that? And we all know how to handle disobedient kids. Headshot, double points. Oh, the, the yeah, shoot- did he double tap him? Make sure he wouldn't come back as a zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shooting was reported to police around 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Officers responded without even small surprise to anyone to Wayman's mobile home located located in remote <laughs> Texas. Stan. 
The boy was airlifted to an area hospital Tuesday afternoon and died the following morning. Police were initially told that the child had shot himself for jumping on the bed. <laughs> he punished himself. I'm so sorry, Daddy. <laughs> How old was this kid again? Three. Jesus. Uh. But court records indicate that several eyewitnesses to the shooting accused Wayman of purposely pointing the weapon at the child and firing off around. Wayman is being held on half a million dollars bail. Court records did not indicate whether or not he has retained a lawyer who's familiar with toddler elimination law. A three-year-old has no idea what a no. fucking gun is going to do with them. Neither does them. an adult. Oh, what a gun's going to do to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you point a gun at your three-year-old to tell them to stop jumping on the bed? No, at that at that age, they just... Unless it's a three-year-old in a war zone. They just, like, assume everything's fun and happy and for them. Like, he would probably just have thought that, oh, three -year -old he's trying kid, to give me this. You, you point a gun at them to make them stop jumping on the bed. That's fucking and, ridiculous. And jumping on the bed? That's that's the I big deal? I still jump on the bed. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, the consequences for jumping on the bed are fucking death. Yeah, agonizing death. God damn it. So did that lighten the mood? No, no, not really. <laughs> well, I, there, there, damn. There was one story from this past two weeks that should lighten the mood. What's that? You saw what Obama passed, didn't you? What'd he pass? He took all money away from abstinence-only education. Well, that's very nice. So mm -hmm. abstinence-only education is no longer funded. I think so. I maybe saw. this asshole with a gun will no longer be pumping out kids if he goes and gets some sexual education. It was his stepson. wasn't even his. No, it wasn't. Well, maybe the woman would get some sexual education so she would know what a rubber is. Hmm. <sighs> Well, That's maybe. a little insensitive. That, I mean, no, I don't know. I, just, I don't know the situation of. of no, but I just can't get over the idea of pointing a gun at a three-year-old yeah, as, as an actual threat that the three-year-old would understand. Right, and for something that's not a thing. Yeah, jumping on the bed. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it. it yeah. Set aside that. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> set aside the jumping on the bed thing. Like pointing a pointing a gun at a three-year-old for anything. Thing. Right. I don't. But, they, they have no idea, no concept of what the fuck you're doing by no. pointing a gun at them. I know, and for jumping on the gun. bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. I don't know what he expect, and 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 to follow through with it. Yeah. yeah. Like pointing it at him is bad enough, but you could at least like. You gonna learn today? I told you, boy. You jumping on yeah. that bed? I'm gonna shoot you in the goddamn head. Now you know what the consequences are. Yeah. Well, you and you'll, you're and you'll never do that again. Yeah. Which is kind of true, actually. But but yeah. I mean, it's oh. like, what the fuck? It's true man? in a bad way. That guy just must have really wanted to kill that kid. I yeah. Mean. Well, he had the perfect excuse. I mean, he was jumping on the bed. Well, that's. I mean, set. We're setting that aside. <laughs> <laughs> So this is from Michael Stone on Patheos. Obama removes all funding for abstinence-only sex education. Good news. In public schools. Yeah, because you can't, that's you all can't he control what you right. do in yeah. private schools. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. Yeah. Good news. Good news, everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. President Barack Obama removes all government funding for abstinence-only sex education programs in public schools. In particular, Obama's 2017 budget proposal eliminates a $10 million a year grant program for abstinence-only education run by the Department of Health and Human Services, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were basically throwing $10 million a year at a program at that does nothing, that fails yeah. over and over and over again. And slut shames. Obama's budget for the fiscal year 2017, the final budget of his, of his administration, not only eradicates abstinence-only until marriage sex education funding. Yeah. It also increases funds for the teen pregnancy prevention program, 
maintains funding for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Division of Adolescent and School Health and calls for a five-year extension of the Personal Responsibility Education Program. Vice President for Policy, Interim President and CEO of the Sexual of the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the U.S., SICUS, Jessica Boyer, issued the following statement in response to the good news. SIECUS, or SICUS, is grateful for President Obama's leadership in seeking to end abstinence only until marriage funding once and for all. After three decades and nearly $2 billion in federal spend and federal spending wasted on this failed approach, the President's proposed budget increases support for programs and efforts that seek to equip young people with the skills they need to ensure their lifelong sexual health and well-being. SICUS also applauds the President's proposed $4 million increase for the Teen Pregnancy Prevention Program, helping communities implement evidence-informed and innovative strategies to support the sexual health of our nation's youth. The continued funding of the Division of Adolescent and School Health and Request for Future Personal Responsibility Education Program funding demonstrates this administration's commitment to secure the right to quality sexual education for young people. Awesome. And it still saves $6 million. And the fiscal conservatives should be really, really yeah. happy about this. Yeah, yeah. That's saving $6 million a year. Yeah, and they're not throwing money at something that doesn't work yeah. at all. Yep. Because for those that say abstinence-only education works 100% of the time, I say, fuck that. Ask Mary what happened. Mm-hmm. Ask Bristol Palin what happened. Yeah. Well, she didn't Repeatedly. use it. Well, saying the Virgin Mary still got well, that pregnant. that was the education she got was abstinence-only. Yeah. I was trying to make a Virgin Mary joke. How'd that work out <laughs> for you, Bristol? And she still teaches it. She, and your she... multiple baby daddies. That's, that's, that's the thing that I rail on with that one. Is like, it's not that she had one child out of wedlock by one guy is that she's had what three by three guys and she preaches abstinence only and gets paid, uh, gets paid yeah, quite to well that, to yeah. preach it and she's had three different children for by three different guys mm-hmm. while teaching abstinence only education uh-huh hmm. uh-huh i don't think it's like you don't want the guy that crashes his car every time to be your nascar driver no it just doesn't work you fire them you fire them yeah you say you're a terrible representative for my car yeah, so, you, for you go out and find someone who knows how to spin those tires. For someone, that, for someone that's teaching abstinence only, she's had a dick Make crash into her quite a few times. <laughs> Going back to the doctor, the hypothetical doctor and the and the astronomer, if you knew that one of the candidates that you're contemplating voting for believed that in the 19th century, a man called Joseph Smith dug up some golden tablets. Which he, which he translated and then conveniently lost. <laughs> and translated, moreover, although a 19th century man translated them into 17th century English. <laughs> and lots and lots of other... And more, more importantly, unlike some of the... I mean, we also agree that the biblical stories are equally ridiculous, but the difference is... We don't know they were written by known con men, but in fact, he was yeah. a yeah. known felon. Yes. Oh, this was fun. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was going to chime in earlier today on some of those comments, but I was like, uh, I got there. There were all kinds of Mormons butthurt uh, about me making comments on this yeah. story. Uh, <laughs> the the angel Moroni atop the Bountiful Temple here in Utah. That's Bountiful Utah, home of. At least, Mormons? at least one or two very large polygamist families that almost every time I go into the Costco there in Bountiful, 
You see the ladies with the big, uh, with the giant yeah, bangs the and the and the long dresses with the poofy shoulders and. And it's weird because they're all in these like old timey prairie dresses and then they'll go out and get into like a Camaro. You're like, what yeah. <laughs> the fuck is going on here? Well, when you're huh. on all those food stamps and child support, you can afford your. Yeah. But the uh, angel Moroni that sits atop the temple was struck by lightning and revealed to be as hollow as their religion. Their religion and all of the rest of the church's teachings. So Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's kind of funny. It's certainly not the first Angel Moroni to be struck by lightning. It's it happens a lot. Now what what's what's funny is, you know, if a crane falls on a on a Muslim temple and kills 200 people, it was God's wrath. So, lightning strikes a Mormon temple. So when things like this nature. happen, the you know, the the response you get from the Mormons whenever you make a comment, like my comment was something like does God create and Control. Control yeah. lightning strikes? Or does God not create and control lightning strikes? And the responses I get are, well, he creates them, but he doesn't always control them. He just creates them, and then they do whatever they want. Oh, like, well, so, okay, so, no so God creates lightning bolts that will strike and kill innocent people. What a fucking dick. Yeah, it's like so, me spraying bolts in the middle of the street. Like, I just shot the bolts. I didn't tell them to hit anybody. Yeah, even, I just shot the gun in the air, and where the bullet landed wasn't up to me. Even lightning has more free will than humans. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you get comments like that, or you get, well, you can see right in the picture that there's a lightning rod in there because we know that the lightning may hit the church, and so it's up there to protect it. Well, don't well give your then God you're not praying hard him? enough, right? I mean, does God – either God created this lightning bolt that hit your church and, and the statue Moroni or he didn't. Yeah. And if he did, why did he choose to have it hit Moroni or not make sure that it didn't hit Moroni? Yeah. Right. Yeah, why didn't it hit some other denomination? Yeah. Why is the statue of Moroni oh. getting hit by lightning all the fucking time? I read, I read one comment like, well – Thank you, Jesus, for letting Moroni take the hit with that bolt of lightning. Because we know so many of these lightning bolts start fires out in the middle of the desert and the mountains. And since Moroni took the hit, there was not a fire started. It's like, <laughs> bullshit, I went on two fires that night. Well, and, and you know, then, then you get, okay, so did God, why does the angel Moroni get hit by lightning all the time? Well, it has a lightning rod built into it. Oh, to ensure you against what we scientifically will know may happen eventually yeah, with right. a giant fucking metal thing on the top of your building that it could get hit by lightning. And so you should like, do something to rubber. control that. And and temples are usually on a, a hilltop as well. On a hillside, very the, tall, like the only thing around, the tallest structure and around. They, and yeah. they get, the ordinances changed so they can be the tall structure around, like in Ogden. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you know that your statue is going to be hit, you know, what, I don't, it's just, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah. And none of them can see how nonsensical their thinking is about it. You want yeah. to hear some more nonsense? Sure. Oh, I got Facebook friend nonsense. Yay, Facebook friend nonsense. <laughs> so this was actually last week. Oh, yeah? On is Sunday. Is this in when? Uh, it doesn't is say. Uh, well, it just says 22 minutes ago. It's but a this new is, one? This is a, yeah. But this is, this is just a <laughs> screenshot of it. So I guess so I could have it in my picture profile. Uh, so I have to go through Facebook and find it again. Uh, when was this posted? A Sunday. Uh, last Sunday. Like? Not, not yesterday. Oh, okay. But like Sunday before. Eight days ago. Yeah, eight days okay. ago. Wow. So edifying. Attended St. James Parish for the Relic of the Passion of Jesus Christ presented by Knights of Columbus, where we vetted first and second class relic pieces of the Holy Table of the Last Supper and the Pillar of the scour or Scourging, 
parts of the cross and the nails. What is the pillar of the scourging? I don't know what it is. I don't know what I don't know what any of those words mean. Well, well, the, 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 he said the table for the, the last supper, for the last supper, the pillar of the scourging, I don't part know of the is. cross nails. Oh, the pillar, the pillars where Jesus was tied, so they while well, they scourged him with. Oh, him with oh okay. okay. There we go. Whip or whatever. Okay. Part of the cross nails, Saint Victoria's veil of the holy face, the true cross that Saint Helena, the Constant Saint Constantine's mother, removed. Uh, removed. The burial cloth shroud. He's putting commas between all these things. <laughs> and even the bones of apostle Michael Math, uh, Michael Mathis. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> this is uh, Simon Peter, Thomas, Michael James, Davis. and Michael Mathis. Mike, Michael, I don't know Michael Mathis. <laughs> I mean, it says, correct me if I'm Michael wrong. Michael Bolton? It says, Michael, it's in quotes, Michael Mathis, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read the gospel of Michael Mathis. <laughs> and, the, and, the centurion of the, and the centurion at the crucifix who said, this man is the son of God. Touched some of these sacraments, touched some of my sacraments to them. <laughs> Thanks, Father, for the invite. Then he had put, I, don't, I didn't save the pictures, but then he had taken pictures of these ornate crosses with little pieces of wood, like in the middle of them. And apparently these were pieces of wood recovered from the cross and the table and from of the, the nail. The and, Supper, sure. yeah. and he And he knows they're real and nobody else on earth does. Well, no, yeah. this is I, – I actually did some looking up of these things. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, they're not recognized as – Well, being... in the Catholic Church, they are. Well, yeah. yeah it's sure. the only place to recognize it. But there are religious scholars who actually look into their religion. And, I found and, this really big old and, piece of wood. Clearly, yeah. it came from a table where Jesus yeah, sat now and had Yeah, now come, come pay us money to travel here and see it. So yeah. Constantine was the one who sent out people to look for these things, and it was his mother. Who's uh, Constantine sent out, and Constantine is kind of mm-hmm. like the f- forefather of Christianity. He's one that brought it like mainstream. Emperor Constantine. So, not not the she, cartoon, the comic book guy. She went out and dug in the dirt in the place where they think Jesus was crucified. <laughs> Two hundred years after it happened. I think he's. I'm picturing somebody rooting through the muck in in a Monty Python movie. Oh, there's some lovely muck over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's going on. Constantine's mother Queen went and the searched room. these areas 200 <laughs> years after the supposed crucifixion happened, where they crucified. I think I read at some point they're crucifying over a hundred people a day. Mm-hmm. So. Of these remains, so very few crosses to pick from. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And very few nails, and very few wood that was buried two hundred years previously to pick from to go. This is the exact one. Yeah. That came how many? From Jesus. How many people and dioceses across the world say that they have? Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the nails, or a piece yeah. of the nail, or a piece of the table, or a piece of the cross. That's or... the other funny thing, uh-huh. because this guy was examining the cross claims, uh-huh. and apparently they said that Saint Constantine's mother. Brought back the entirety of the cross. Oh, sure. And cut it up into small pieces and gave them to different uh-huh. parishes. This guy went around and found out who exactly owns what pieces and gathered all the information for all the pieces, all their di- dimensions. And it's like, yeah, this thing would have stood like two foot tall and like 12 inches wide. <laughs> Nobody is getting crucified on that. Oh. <laughs> so the amount of wood that is supposedly out there that came from this cross 
is not enough to make a cross. Well, the rest of it she just burned because it was cold. Well, apparently she gave it all away. According to the story of St. Constantine, St. Constantine had it cut away. up and gave it all away. And they know where all the pieces are. And they, they gave out all the pieces and everything, but all the pieces, when they come back together to add up, do not make a cross. Well, if you Large handle enough it crucify. enough, I mean, over 2,000 years just, Parts, just do, do, handling all of that wood. Well, that's the other thing. Down, you know. if, if we go out in your backyard right now and bury a two-by-four. I mean, by we know four, how much those priests un- like to handle yeah, the wood. Well, true. If we go and bury an untreated two-by-four in your backyard right now, uh-huh. we dig it up 200 years later, uh-huh. are you going to be able to tell it was a cross? No. No, probably not. It's going to be quite degraded. It might yeah. not even be there anymore. It might have turned into part of the soil. Yeah. It's probably going to be gone. But this is a special cross. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's fake. That's why it there's. That's why it would. That's why if you put all together all the remaining bits, Ryan, it, there wouldn't be very many because it just rots away. It's what happens. <laughs> oh no, that's science, Ryan. You know what I figured out? Huh? Jesus was a midget. Oh, mm. Jesus was a. I think midget. they prefer the term little people. Jesus was a little person. <laughs> oh, that's why he rode a donkey and not a mule. Yes. That's why the early settlers in Utah, <laughs> Utah, Utah, they could ride tapers. Exactly. Oh, yeah. wait, they're midgets too. Yeah, uh, I prefer. I think they prefer little. People. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dwarf. I think the preferred nomenclature is little people or little person. I think the I think the preferred humorous t- term is midget. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh huh. Jesus was a little person, midget dwarf. Uh-huh. On a tiny cross. Uh-huh. So that, that area where that, that, that stone that they had to move around, what if he just crawled underneath the corner of it? It's a rock. There's, there's oh, gotta yeah. be a corner. It oh, was, well, you've, you've mentioned before that you, he yeah, just got, got smashed. smashed. Yeah. Some well, now I'm going, accident, now, now that we right? know he's, now that we know he's a midget dwarf, uh, little person, uh, it's a round rock on a square hole. Uh-huh. You can't put a square object into, uh, a, a, a round object through a square peg. Jesus was square? No, the hole was square his, where they put his body. What? Why would they use a round rock then? So they can roll. You, I've seen the, I've seen the <laughs> movies. <laughs> the original rock and roll. Yeah. Also, you can put a round thing in a square hole if it's small smaller enough. But uh-huh. it's, it's bigger because it had to cover up the hole. But still on the bottom, I would imagine there was a or spot. Or if it's a cylinder and you turn it on its side and mm-hmm. do it that way. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Watch the movie. <laughs> so if, if the person you're contemplating voting for believes all that, believes that the Garden of Eden was in Missouri... Believes that Native Americans are the lost ten tribes of Israel. Believes that Jesus visited North America. I mean, these beliefs are barking mad. So I, I saw this thing posted that I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Talking about Mormons and tapirs and all that bullshit. And Moroni getting struck oh, by lightning. Oh. What? Pre-1800. Yes. Do they know the history of their religion? Just read it. Have you read this? No. That's pretty funny. So this was apparently posted in uh, Craigslist, and it says pre the the title for this ad is pre eighteen hundred antiques one thousand uh, dollars. The ad says I am looking for old Mormon artifacts from the Book of Mormon. I would like to purchase items from the days of the Nephites and Lamanites, such as shields, arrows, bows, knives, or any of the other items they might have used in their battles. Anything would be great. I would also love to have maps, pottery, coins, statues, vases, or any or any artifacts from the large city of Zarahemla or Mulet. If someone had any writing in Reformed Egyptian that was apparently used, I would like to see it. 
It should be easy to find at least one item from a civilization that had millions of people with cities and large armies. The picture included in the ad was directly off of the LDS website, and it clearly shows swords, spears, breastplates, and shields. All that takes a developed people to make. Also, if any LDS people are out there that were dark-skinned and are now changed to white and delightsome, Ah! (laughs) it would be neat to hear your story. I would pay top dollar to any Native American that could prove his DNA was from a Je- from a Jewish background. <laughs> in 1857, Brigham Young declared that apostates would, quote, become gray-haired, wrinkled, and black just like the devil, end quote. That comes from, from his Journal of Discourses. Any apostates out there that this has happened to, I would give $10,000 for an interview. I'm not interested in any biblical historical items, as they are not that hard to find. I'm only interested in Mormon pre-1800s items. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. So if if all of the stories in the Book of Mormon are true... You should be able to find them. The, I mean, the United States should be lousy with oh, these yeah. artifacts. Yep. They should be fucking everywhere. Yep. I mean, if we're finding... Swords, helmets, breastplates, oh, yeah. all got, the armor... We've got armor from spears. soldiers in the fucking 1300s. Yep. Yeah. And before... We've got boots from cavemen. Yeah. From the Anderthal. This shit shouldn't be hard to find. It should be everywhere. I mean, we're talking millions of yeah. people. Yep. Armies of millions of people o- who over, had this. Over decades or centuries of time. There should be uh-huh. a field that goes absolute ape shit with a fucking metal detector. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Should yeah. be really easy to find this yeah. stuff, but it has so far we haven't found, found even one piece of it. it which is really the- weird. Kind of makes me think. I think it's weird. Is it? Yeah. Is it true? You know what? I'll bet. I'll bet that God had one of His angels carry all of that stuff away, just like He did the with plates. the golden plates. Yep. I you, bet. Know, you know. Here's the actual truth of it. Uh-huh. It took Christianity 200 years to look for artifacts. Mormonism is not 200 years old yet. It is. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 18. It's more than 1835. It's, more than 1835. it's like 230 years. Um, I thought it was 1835. Like uh, Joseph Smith was the 1830s. Yeah, it was the 1830s. Yeah, 1830. It was first published in 1830. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be 2030 before it's 20 years old. That's when they can go look for artifacts. Ryan, put the smack down. You're absolutely right. I apologize. I can can smack down once in a while. Sometimes I'm right. Yeah. I'll relish in it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely (laughs) right. You're totally No, I do remember hearing a story. I was going to try to make an excuse about, (laughs) I was thinking about the stories in the Book of Mormon, and they're much older than 230. No, fuck me. I was wrong. You were right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. So, but when do these wars, I don't know when these wars were proclaimed to have happened in the Book of Mormon, though. Yeah. Were they 1700s, 1600s, 1500s? No, 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 no. It's anywhere from 600 BC to like 1500 AD. Okay. But still, we've got artifacts. I mean, there's still places where we can get stuff from those areas that were stay of, I mean, metal objects. We have artifacts that are millennia old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Egyptians. Yeah. Yeah. Neanderth- but uh, Neanderthal stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what about uh, for North America? We have fucking dinosaur as... bones that are millions of years old. The oldest artifacts in North America are 14,500 years old. Uh, from uh, uh, tribes or like, uh, yeah, American? In Florida, yep. Okay. Which was 1,500 years older than anything they knew of from the Clovis people who were the previously oldest, oldest known yeah, yeah. peoples of well, North it, America. Well, because the Clovis were, you got the Clovis uh, spearheads. Right. I thought that was yep. what we kept finding was that there are yep. spearheads all over the place. They had those Clovis hooves, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought, well, <laughs> these, well, these artifacts they found 
in a pond under a river. So like it used to be a pond, okay. but now it's all flooded up to where there's a river flowing yeah. over the depression. Over where the pond was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they found them all in the bottom of that in hmm. Florida. Yeah, real old. Oh, I know it's rumored that Mayans came up that way too. Well, yeah, and possibly. I mean, either way, we should be finding these artifacts all over the place. Oh, yeah. 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 They should be abundant. Like I said, they, we should be swimming in these things. Place to be allowed. If there were that yep. many. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They had one battle in the Book of Mormon where there was some quarter of a million people slain. So that's tons. And we should find a field of nothing but bones. And metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably just in some part of Missouri that hasn't been explored yet. <laughs> I don't know. See, Missouri's got a lot of cornfields. Well, part, uh, part of the problem, too, is that, n- they till that shit all the nobody time. can place the Book of Mormon geography on Earth. So they don't even know where to look. Well, well I, have an, I have an aunt who recently went on an expedition to South the, America uh-huh. to, to tour all of the LDS, all of, all of the places that are talked about in the Book of Mormon. Right, which is not their official position, though they take your money to give you a tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. She was so excited about it. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so wonderful. You know what? I would make up my own religion, but I'm not an asshole. <laughs> well. <laughs> Some may say I'm an asshole. What if you Little only dickish. do good with your religion, though, Ryan? No religion does good. It may have, it may have, it may have intrinsically good aspects from the beginning, but they all turn evil. Why is that? Well, it's at, Satan. It's uh, it's all you have to say about it. It's the influence of Satan. Look they at look at good. Satan comes yeah. in there, starts mucking things up. Look at Jones <laughs> and his Kool Aid Club. Oh, well, Satan. Nah. S a t a n Satan. <laughs> well, fuck him. I got his. His best friend on my T-shirt, <laughs> Mr. Baphomet. I think it was David Hume who put it slightly vulgarly. This was again about the virgin birth, I think. Which is more likely, that the whole natural order is suspended, or that a Jewish minx should tell a lie? <laughs> should I do you? this story? Yes. What is it? Oklahoma City. Oh, I like this story already. Was there a bombing? No, oh, um, that wouldn't make nope. me like it. <laughs> The top lawyer for Oklahoma and part-time Reba McIntyre, who hasn't recovered from eyelid enlargement surgery impersonator, (laughs) Governor Mary Fallon, urged prison officials in a move that highlights her remarkable sensitivity for human life to go forward with a planned execution, even though they received the wrong drug. Oh. Oh, fucking it's Windex. Let's just pump a bunch of Windex into them. Telling a deputy attorney to go ahead and Google it to confirm it could be used said in a grand jury report on Thursday. Side note, uh, Brandon brought to my attention yesterday that Microsoft uh, would have done so much better if their search engine depart- if their search engine was called Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I spent two hours last night banging Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I want to I bang the entire Raiders cheerleader team. Yeah. Find out a lot of their background. <laughs> Are they available? I don't know. Banger. <laughs> I banged the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, oh, no, I Googled that. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, <laughs> See, it can, it, can, it can go bad quick if you use bang for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I banged the fudge Packers. Uh, the grand jury report faulted many officials for three botched ex- execution attempts, but issued no indictments after its months-long investigation. So Governor Fallon's solution is to use just any old thing that shows up in the mail. How excited is she to just murder somebody? Yeah, and painfully. Here's where I got to go with the fucked up thing with this. We we use this 
weird concoction of drugs to yeah. execute prisoners. Yet if someone wants to do uh, uh, death, uh, like euthanasia, euthanize themselves, like in places that allow it, you take a simple drink. I know. And you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Done. Isn't she just begging for this to be thrown out under cruel yeah. and unusual punishment? Yeah. The panel noted that Fallon's general counsel, Steve Mullins, advocated for the use of potassium acetate Whoa! in the September 30th execution of Richard Glossop, even though the state's lethal injection protocol calls for potassium chloride, which stops the heart. They yeah. both start with potassium. It's the same thing, I'm sure. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I would guarantee that whatever he picked was just the cheaper one. One yeah. potassium makes things go boom. Uh, no, that's no, sodium. No, there's potassium inside of the explosives, some of them. Mm. Okay. The grand jury suggested the state should study the use of nitrogen gas to administer the death penalty, saying it would be easy and inexpensive to obtain and simple to administer. Oklahoma now uses a three-drug protocol in its executions. Yeah, look how well it gassed in with the Jews. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but the Oklahoma legislature last year authorized the use of nitrogen gas in executions if lethal injection were ever ruled unconstitutional or if the drugs become uh, became in, uh, unavailable. Nitrogen gas has never been used to execute inmates in the United States. The cocktails they use uh, at least – Well, let's th- try it. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just start a car in a room and let them lock them in there. Yeah. I mean it seems to me that it's in, the cocktails are intentionally designed for like last-minute retribution. Uh-huh. Um, there's plenty of other they are lethal, painful. Yeah, there's and there's yeah, they are. Have, they, have you seen the needles they put in their arms? And they give you a paralytic to make sure you can't respond. And yeah, then uh-huh. sometimes it's you know however long while well, that stuff just surges. Just through before you. that is they're taking the lot like when <sighs> you get blood drawn, you get a smaller gauge. They put a large gauge needle into your arm, well, who which was, is fucking who was, painful. Who was the guy who they tried to execute and through lived? the cocktail and he lived through it and said that. It was, it was fucking like your whole body's on fire. That, yeah, it was like his entire body was burning up from the inside, and he couldn't do anything about it because of the paralytic. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he he was being tortured, but yeah. yep. you wouldn't know what to look at him. Right, and so it makes me wonder, like, why don't they? Why don't they just? Why? I mean, it seems retributive. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, don't, I don't get why we take this three cocktail of concoction yeah, of I don't chemicals either. to inject in someone. When we got simple ones that just make you fall asleep and your, yeah, your like, heart stops. Like, like there's tons of fucking heroin out there. Uh-huh. True. Make them go. I mean, actually, yeah, heroin overdose, you, you jack them with enough heroin, they're done in like seconds. Yeah, and it's and it's painless. Carbon dioxide, helium is the preferred thing among people who are trying to do uh, assisted, su- assisted suicide, well, I right? I helium at the end there, you realize it like... Oh shit! Fuck you, phone. <laughs> I, I'll call Ryan's later. broken protocol. <laughs> well, it would have been on here, and that would have vibrated too. Well, you could turn the vibrate off. I can't. Well, I got to go into settings and all that other shit, and That's I turned the ringer off. So anyway, it just seems it just seems like a vengeful type of a last, like you know, uh, we're really gonna get you for what you did. Yeah. Kind uh-huh. of a move, you know, when there's so many other things that that could be done. Yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it. Like I said, it, it's it's screaming out for somebody to say cruel and unusual punishment, and yep, have the whole thing called off. Yeah. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail dot com, by text or voicemail at three three zero eight one rebel, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody, and for letting us talk at you. Talk back at us. Let us know what you thought about tonight's episode. Give us what your thoughts on free will. Is it a thing? Do we have free will, or is 
determinism your view of things? Or is it a mix of both? Or are you full-blown religitard and think that it's all <laughs> predestined and what we do doesn't really matter anyway? Are you a Calvinist? They're, they're sure to respond to that. <laughs> or could you be so dumb as to accept Hi. compatibilism at some Hi. level? Hi, I'm a religitard and <laughs> – yeah. Maybe that wasn't the best way to, to get to get information from the religitards who would be listening. They're not listening no, they're, to our show. No. Uh, next week we will have uh, Joy Lee Kirkman on, on the show with us. That should be a very interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to that one a lot. Uh, I like Joey a lot, a lot, a lot. And we'll just have him on as long as he wants to talk about shit. Yeah. Maybe we should start an hour earlier. Maybe so. I'm off. Because he's East Coast, so he's two hours ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's going to be in D.C. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get in contact with him and see what time he wants to start. But. It's hot as fuck in here, though. It is very warm. It has here. gotten warm. Okay. We're going to go now. Okay. And we'll leave you with the song. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, listen to that. It's a wonderful song. I love it. It's one of my favorites. You know what? This song really makes me think about. What? Uh, hot walks in the sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it Smash Mouth? I don't know. Man is only walking on the sun. All right then. <laughs> bye bye. I have fun. Down by the sea, on a blanket with my babies, where I'll be. Another boardwalk Out of the sun Another boardwalk We'll be having some fun Another boardwalk People walking above Another boardwalk We'll be falling in love Another boardwalk Boardwalk From the park hear the happy sound of a carousel Almost taste the hot dogs and french fries they sell Under the wall, down by the sea, yeah On a blanket with my baby is where I'll be Under the boardwalk, out of the sun Under the boardwalk Another boardwalk People walking above Another boardwalk We'll be falling in love Another boardwalk Boardwalk Under the boardwalk, people walking above. Under the boardwalk, people walking above. Under the boardwalk, we'll be falling in love. Under the boardwalk.